Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I got a story that I can half tell. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds like she has your balls in a jar. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you putting a dildo on top of your tree? Video game costs like two hundred dollars. <laughs> Once again, look at the games that came out at the same time. I mean, you have Fallout Four, Snatch the Fly, or something. Like, <laughs> That's heroic. He's eating soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the post can report. You can find us at talkingaboutgames.com. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm David Amanu, the writer, director of Aviation. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer, director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, everybody. This is Mo Ali, the director of Montana. Hey, guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. The from page to screen. Morning to you. Good afternoon to me. Yeah, it's there. Oh. <laughs> so power power sliding. Oh, it was it was great. It's uh, raining here. It, this is London weather, and I saw on my phone that uh, you have some sun. So uh, it's kind of a flip. <laughs> that just shows you cannot believe anything you see on the news. <laughs> Oh, do you know that Kevin Costner film where he has gills? We're kind of getting a little bit like that. Waterworld. <laughs> Pretty much. I think that was a 15-hour miniseries, wasn't it? <laughs> it? It should have been. I'd have watched that. <laughs> that uh, double Bill, Waterworld, and The Postman. <laughs> that would suit me fine. Postman's highly underrated. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things in that was when uh, he was, what was it, the threat? Like he was eating with the spoon and they were like, what are you going to do? And he's like, like, I have a spoon. I can't remember the exact phrase, but I thought that was pretty cool. And I, I think <laughs> exactly. you could do some damage with a spoon. Just saying. So I think you could. I, I've seen, I can't remember which film it is, but I've seen somebody had their eye taken out with a spoon. Oh, so, yeah. I think you, know. you do that a lot too in movies. And the yeah. TV. It's kind of like, oh, no, I need your eye. So, <laughs> I uh, I watched the film this week, and I now know how much damage you can do with a bone tomahawk. Oh, <laughs> what did you watch last? Oh, it was the film Bone Tomahawk. You need to watch that one. Oh, right. Do not let any kiddies watch it. Okay. Kurt Russell's amazing in it, but wow, that, seems, <laughs> that film's got some gore. <laughs> <laughs> what does Kurt Russell look like he does in the, uh, the what is it, the, uh, the new Tarantino movie? Uh, I haven't seen any clips on that one, on... The Hateful Eight, but he kind of reminded me of it like he did in The Thing, you know, with a big bushy oh, yeah, beard and whatnot, yeah. so it's, uh, yeah. In The Hateful Eight, he has, I mean, like, it's not just, uh, like, the uh, motorcycle handlebar or whatever mustache, it goes beyond that, it's just, yeah, so. <laughs> Have you, uh, did you see that The Hateful Eight screener had leaked online? No! Did you hear who did it? Tarantino, apparently, by chance? No, I don't know. No, no. Apparently, it was a top Hollywood executive that is the cause of the leak online, so whoops. And what was the purpose of that? Did he think people would say, hey, this is a good movie when we want to go see it? Or 
See, I don't know. There's, there's a film coming out in the UK on Boxing Day called Rise of the Foot Soldier 2, mm-hmm. which you'll hear a little bit more about in a little bit. Right. Spoiler for the awards. <laughs> um, and it's, I was lucky enough to get an official Blu-ray sent through from the PR company to review it and stuff like that, so it was pretty awesome. But apparently the film has leaked onto some BitTorrent websites as well. Yeah. And that, I don't understand it. It's like, yeah. I don't understand the logic where it's like, you send me, like, you're, you send me a DVD of your new film, and I'm going to go, thank you, John, for this new film. Right. Much appreciated. I'm going to watch it. Right. I'm now going to spend about three hours ripping it onto my computer. <laughs> then probably another couple of hours uploading it so a bunch of fucking strangers can watch it for nothing. <laughs> What's the point? I don't get it. I don't understand it. <laughs> well, you know, Jake was asking me uh, yesterday via text. He's been sick. and uh, But anyway, he was asking me if I wanted to go see that movie next week because they have it in the IMAX theater. It was shot on 70 millimeters. So it should be quite beautiful, you know, and I think uh, with J.J. Abrams shooting Star Wars on film versus, you know, so much stuff went digital, which is certainly fine. I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of that, needless to say. But with uh, with so much of of the big movies going back to film, uh, you know, maybe that's a draw like, hey, check this out, the shitty low res standard def copy on uh, YouTube or wherever it's located, um, and then think about how much better it would look on IMAX and go see it. I, I don't know, man, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, why that that would seem de- detrimental to the picture, you know, if enough yeah. people see it, because there's a lot of lazy people that don't want to get out of their, you know, their the warmth of their bedroom uh, to go to the multiplex and actually support a film. So, I mean, I I can understand why people download films mm-hmm. from sites. I really I know as much as I love to say it's terrible. Right. Wrong. I, I understand why people do it, oh, sure. especially the costs of the cinema tickets. Right. And, you know, I've seen Star Wars twice now, and the second time I went to see it, I took an act, and there was a guy in front who actually took a phone call. Oh. I had a phone call, oh. and you should, you should have seen the evils that he got till he ended that phone call. Yeah. So that can ruin the first-time viewing of a film. Oh, definitely. Whereas in your house, if your phone rings, it still sure. kind of rings, so it kind of interrupts on that. But I understand the downloading to sure. a certain extent, but I don't get the uploading. I yeah. don't know why somebody's like, I'm going to give this to people who I don't know, who will never know I've given it to them for free. <laughs> why? Be more selfish. If you get a film yourself, keep it for yourself. Right. Well, it's bizarre. What's going to happen? He's going to post it, and then 15 people are going to download it and then share it, and they'll get the accolades. And then 15 more people, it's like the, the evil pyramid, you know? So a lot of people, it's like, oh, dude, you see what THX 1138 posted? He posted the new whatever, and yeah, and that wasn't even the original guy. That was like 15 tiers down, but he's still, you know, getting the Christmas love, so... Yeah, I don't. I I don't understand people anyway. I don't understand people that would pay to watch Star Wars and then take a phone call. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah. the title is asshole. <laughs> I think it is. Isn't it? Yeah, they did that. I mean, like thinking about all the great movies that we saw this year at the movie theater and. Probably, I'd say three or four were were temporarily derailed uh, uh, my enjoyment anyway by some asshole on a phone or some asshole talking to other assholes. And uh, you know, if you heard the whole Crimson Peak thing uh, podcast that we did, I'm pretty vocal. I will it, tell you to shut up. You know, <laughs> is this the one where you screamed "oi" and went "old guy Richie"? <laughs> Oi! It's a good stunner, man. Because then they don't know what to do with you. It's like, well, I, uh, uh, what? You know? So, you know, because I, if we go to the local Cineplex, then we're surrounded overall by a bunch of rednecks. You know, so they don't know what the hell an "oi" is anyway. So, yeah. 
<laughs> it works. I don't have my tomahawk with me at all times. You know, sometimes you need to whip an oil out. You need to get yourself a bone tomahawk. Those suckers can cause some damage. Wow. I described it to Annette. She went, why, what happened with this bone tomahawk? So I described it and she nearly threw up, let alone watching it on screen. Right. Was it like uh, Kurt Russell's threat in uh, Tombstone? I'm going to turn your head into a canoe. Um, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, or two canoes, oh. actually, in the case of Wonder Hummer, yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty grim, but a very, very good little indie film. That's yeah. Kurt Russell, Matthew Fox, who's really good in it. Uh, Richard Jenkins, Sean Young. Yeah. Also, it's, and yeah, it's a small indie film that's on video on demand. I don't remember it being in theatres, yeah. but it's such a good film by a first-time writer-director. So. Wow. And see, that's Fair another play. thing that, um, you know, I, I do try to avoid the whole piracy thing, you know, the, the, the websites and stuff. But a lot of these movies, they will come through, um, you know, like I'd have to travel all the way to Charlotte, which isn't all that far. But, I mean, you know, it's not always convenient. So if, if I can't see a movie in the movie theater and then Netflix and Hulu and all these other uh, venues, now I'm an Amazon Prime member. So um, if those three venues don't have it, then I've got to find it elsewhere. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> so how's uh, life over at Waxing Cinematic? You guys ain't posted any episodes in a couple of weeks. What's all yeah, you know, um, I was planning on posting some last week, and then we were going to record two more on Monday, and Jake was sick. So we had the uh, kind of the Fout Studios party uh, over the weekend, and I don't think, we all partied too hard and drank too much or whatever. But anyway, but yeah, it's like the very next day, Jake was feeling bad. And then come Monday, he was, well, I guess it was late Sunday night. He texted me and said, Hey man, I'm not going to be able to come in. Cause I can't speak without coughing. So, which would suck for a podcast. You know, it's different if it's, um, at least there's some video going on, but yeah, uh, just to have me and Sir coughs a lot, that was not going to flush. So. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any plans to do any before the year is out, or are you uh, not sure yet? Well, Jake is saying that he's feeling better and he's off all next week, so we will probably catch up. And uh, there's one I, I don't know if you remember uh, us having a guest named Robert Creighton on. This is months ago, and he's the big dude that Ant Man. Uh, oh yeah, fighting yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that was a good show. Yeah, and yep. so uh, Rob's a friend of mine, so he came on the show, and we recorded to that morning then we went out to eat lunch Jake had to go take care of business and stuff so then Rob and I just hung out at the kitchen table and talked for about an hour and a half to two hours so I've never released that so I'm thinking about going back through there's a couple of little edits I want to make to that and then um, probably put that out with the two that we did last week and then we'll probably do two more uh, next week and wrap up 2015 so nice. well, myself and Fraser Cole recorded a Star Wars spoiler cast oh really um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the day that I'd watched it for the first time, he wasn't a fan. I loved it, yeah. And we just sort of went at each other with this one. I've not released that yet because every podcast is Star Wars at the minute. Oh, every yeah. single podcast, it's like, does the world really need another Star Wars <laughs> podcast? So I'm not sure on that one yet. Yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, I could. think if you come from the purest uh, view of it, I mean, like you and I saw the original in the movie theater, which is really cool, and uh, Jake did not, but um, he really loved it. I haven't seen it yet because. That's our plan for Christmas Day is to take all the kids to go see Star Wars. And uh, one of the kids made me promise that I wouldn't see it before the 25th. So I've been trying to avoid spoilers and um, and yeah, and not go see it because I really do want to go see it. And uh, both Jake and Vanel, who both of them are more or less Star Wars purists as well, and they both really enjoyed it. So 
I understand there's some haters out there, and that's fine. I mean, I think, as J.J. Abrams put it in one interview, there's always going to be somebody that's going to hate your stuff, you know? So, But I kind of like uh, what I've read and what I've heard of J.J. Abrams. You know, like, he also saw it in the movie theater. Um, he has a different take on The Force. It's To me, it's much more... Um, connected to like what I saw in the movie theater back in 77, that the force is within everybody. It's just some are more um, in tune with it. So it's almost yeah. like, you know, meditation or something, you know, and, and yogis and whatever, or Buddha, Buddhist and Buddhism and whatever. But, um, and then there's a lot of, I think, Christian influences in there as well. But I mean, it's, it's so broad that it kind of covers everything. It was almost like the matrix. And so when Lucas decided to make it metachlorians and all this other bullshit and try to explain too much in the prequels, I think that was to its detriment. So I'm hoping that things are going to, going to go back on track, um, you know, with this one, then, uh, the two following it. I would say you're going to be happy. <laughs> I would think. And I think a lot of it, it seems to be one common hate thing mm-hmm. that seems to be popping out. And I suspect it's just people. So one person noticed a pattern in the film and going, I reckon it's like this. <laughs> and then everybody else seems to be jumping on the bandwagon because that's, I, it's the only thing I hear now <laughs> is people going, yeah, but it's kind of like this. Right. You're like, okay, <laughs> is that a bad thing? Yeah. I don't know. Did people watch Jurassic World and go, that film was terrible because it was pretty much <laughs> similar to Jurassic Park? <laughs> right. No, they still liked it. Yeah. Still made a lot of money. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. And it wasn't accidentally sort of following the path of Jurassic Park, was it? I'm sure they knew what they were doing. They didn't get to the end and go, oh, no, do you know what we've done? Oh, no, we've ruined it. We've made it kind of similar to the first one. That's right. Oh, crap, let's scrap it. Kind of from the same DNA, so to speak, right? (laughs) Exactly, yeah, which is not a bad thing. No, well, and it's, you know. It's kind of like, you know, if you have a, a favorite flavor of ice cream or if you like, crab cakes or something you know what i mean so there's so many variants of butter pecan ice cream there's so many variants of crab cakes and you you know you try to hit it as close to the source my favorite crab cakes come from uh baltimore maryland and so you know there's but you get further and further south and there's more bread in it and it's just more fluffy and less crab and it's just to me shitty um so you know but i mean still i don't go in there and order lasagna if i want a crab cake you know and i think that's what people overlook i mean you feel comfortable going to you know see Jurassic World or Star Wars and because of what's come before now granted probably you know those people who really loathed the prequels were a little apprehensive with episode 7 but or if they didn't like Star Trek you know because there are some people that you know didn't like uh, you know what JJ had had reimagined as Star Trek which I thought was fine man I mean it, it entertained me and that's pretty much the criteria when I go to the movies was I entertained you know, I mean, like, Furious 7, for God's sake, it's not Shakespeare, but it's fun as hell. You know, is it asinine? Is it crazy dropping parachuting uh, cars in? And they happen to hit the road, and then all this stuff comes together. Yeah, it's utter It's It's like someone's, um, you know, dream or whatever. You know, it's like uh, they did drugs, and they hallucinated, and yeah, man, you know, they, they won in the end. But anyway, exactly. but I was entertained. People. That's the bottom line, so... It's film critics. They just, I don't know. They, they complain if it's different. They complain if it's the same. Right. <laughs> so what exactly are they wanting other than to hate on everything? Yeah, I think that's exactly what they <laughs> I think it's exactly what they They just want to find that one thing that they can pick on yeah. and then just attack it. It's like, yeah. no. 
Have you seen the prequels? Are you not glad that Episode 7 isn't yet another prequel-style film? Right. <laughs> then shut up. Right. <laughs> and sadly, that dude who was on the phone was probably one of those uh, hating reviewers. You know what I mean? One of those people that's going to hate on it, but yet they're going to take their phone call and ruin it for everybody else. Oh, it yeah. was nuts. But I looked in front. I was eagle and sort of giving him evil looks and daggers, and I could look around, and I saw at least half a dozen people within yeah. 10 feet of him just glare at him and I thought you just carry on talking for another 30 seconds yeah. you'll be dead yeah. <laughs> Some, somebody will plant him in the ground I would probably yeah you're supposed to over here you're supposed to go and get the attendant to come in and deal with it but then I've missed even more of the movie so I would be tempted just to go and yank the phone close it or disconnect or, or whatever and just sit on his phone and tell him he'll get it back when the movie's over I'd just snap his neck like Liam Neeson no, would and take a <laughs> you know, sit behind him. <laughs> that did cry. You remember the old Jack Bauer? You know, like, don't fight me, Curtis. You know, and then he's out for the rest of the movie. He comes back <laughs> exactly. with a headache. His phone's in his lap. He's happy. Whatever, man. You know. <laughs> exactly what it was very close to being like. Yeah. So, yeah. Has it been a good year for movies? Because mem- do you remember last year and the year before, they were all like, ooh, 2015, it's going to be the perfect storm of movies. Yeah. All these big films are coming out, like Batman v Superman and Great. stuff like that, yeah. which still hasn't come out yet. But <laughs> has it been a good year for films? I think it has. I, I cannot remember another year that has been this full of phenomenal movies. And it's funny, I don't know if you're a Hulu subscriber, but it's like Hulu will ask you different uh, questions or whatever and uh, so that they can tailor the ads, which – peekaboo or peekaboo or whatever the hell the little monster things that hold your phone and it's for little kids so the whole thing is nothing but these little kids that seem possessed by the peekaboo spirit uh, saying peekaboo over and over and over again makes me want to turn off the TV Um, so (laughs) anyway and I've complained to Hulu so anyway okay I'll get off that bandwagon but I was looking over because I complained on Twitter and they were like oh well you know you should you know go back through and answer those questions and see if you can avoid peekaboo which none of my answers had anything to do with me like an asinine kid's bullshit. So, um, but I went back through, and it was interesting. I think it was maybe three years ago, and it was saying, "How often are you going to the movies?" And I'm like, "Rarely." It was my answer, and so, and it was asking me about different movies that were coming out in that year, and yeah, there just wasn't that much uh, to you know grab my attention. And Vanilla and I were going to movies when they were you know um, of size if they interested us, you know. But I mean, overall, I guess I just didn't see that much that I, you know, cared to drop money and go see. But yeah, I think this year has been phenomenal. What about you? I think it's been really good. I'm just looking down. Since I was probably 20, I've always kept a list of every film I've watched each year. I don't know why. Right. I know why I do it now for the sole purpose of podcasting. <laughs> right. Sort of stuff, but, but I just used to have cinema posters stuck to the wall and I would write on in pen uh-huh. films and I would fill them all up and then roll the tube up and then put it in a cupboard and I have no idea why I did it. But uh, no, That's cool. So I don't know. just like an obsessive thing, I think. Right. But I'm looking down the films. I've been to cinema eight times this year, which is probably about six times more than normal. Yeah, that's um, right. I the, remember you making that comment before that you and that yeah. really rarely go out to the uh, the movie theater. So I'm just looking. What I watched Fast Seven? We watched back in when was it? Like February or March, yeah. whatever it was. Sure was. We then went to see Mission Impossible: uh, Rogue Nation. Yeah. We saw Legend in September, Spectre in October, mm-hmm. um, Hunger Games: Mockingjay Part Two. Yeah in uh, November, and Star Wars Force Awakens twice in 
December. Yeah. So that's that's quite a lot for the cinema. But I used to go to cinema all the time as a kid. Yeah. But now it's just expense, time, cinema audiences mainly. They just annoy the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Phones and uh, why do people have to go into a film with the biggest bucket of popcorn ever and then spend two hours just shoveling it down their throat? <laughs> oh, no. But then, can people not go two hours without just eating? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that, and then they have the big mega. It's almost like a half gallon of Coke, right? And then so then they drink it and they have to get up and walk out and go pee and all that stuff. And yeah, it's. Um, um, it, it gets distracting, and especially when it's like, hey, excuse me, I've got to go, you know, and yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> First time I went to see Star Wars Force Awakens, I went into, they said, would you like a premium seat to it? Yes, please. So it cost a pound extra. I'm like, I don't care. It's Star Wars. Come You're right. <laughs> so I sat down. Cinema theater was quite empty because it was 11 o'clock on release day in the morning. Right. And I sat down and this this old guy, he looked about 65, he wandered, sat straight next to me and he was one of these that breathes like <laughs> Darth Vader. You know, the sort of... <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, I'm, um, I can either be an arse and move right, and then he'll be like, why is he not sitting next to me? Do I smell or something? Right. Or I can just sit there and be really annoyed for two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, Star Wars, so I got up and moved. Right. And uh, just went and sat in a non-premium seat away from oh. anybody and enjoyed the <laughs> film. But it's like, what? don't sit next to me and do the Darth Vader breathing right. for two hours. <laughs> you know, you might have angina or something like that. I ain't got a clue, but it's going to annoy my viewing of a movie oh, that I've waited 30 years for. Yeah. So. I went to uh, the movie. I cannot remember which movie we went to go see, but this was probably a decade and a half ago. And um, Anyway, so I'm sitting there with my ex, and once again, pretty much there was no one else in uh, the theater. And this chick, Came and now this was kind of like Shelley from Hemlock Grove. I don't know if you watched that on. You know, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, gigantic woman, right? And so she sits down right behind us, and you know she's heavy breathing, but then it diminishes a bit, and we're like, okay. Then she takes off her shoes, right? Which not smelling <laughs> too good, and then puts her big size, like fifteen gigantic Bigfoot. Right up, like, feet. <laughs> one seat down, and I'm just like, what in the hell? It looks like an owl, you know, sitting there. <laughs> and so, yeah, me and my ex moved a good bit. So, yeah, and it's, it's one of those things. I guess if I really if, – if it was a little old lady or, or a little old dude, then I would probably say, excuse me, I'm gassy. I'm farting a lot. I'm going to move away from you just so they feel like it's not them smelling of mothballs or whatever. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, but it, but so once again, we're proving that you know there are uh, strong reasons to stay at home and watch it on Blu-ray or or on the select uh, secret site. So there are indeed. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, back to being a good year for film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really, I mean, like the number of movies that Michelle and I went out and caught, and then a couple of them we did take the kids to go see, uh, like Inside Out, uh, which did. You know, it's funny. It, you were saying you know, like pick the best film of the year, and that's really, really tough. And I was trying yeah, to at least divide them by like, okay, this was my favorite family movie. This is my favorite whatever. But dude, I, I couldn't even do that. So I remain pretty uh, concise with it um, all the way down with the exception of best film, which we'll discuss uh, whenever you, you're ready. But yeah, man, it was just, it was tough because there were so many good films and usually it's like there's one standout, you know? Um, but yeah, this year, just a lot of really solid movies. And I don't know, do you think 2016 is going to be able to, um, you know, do it again? I mean, we've got, uh, Deadpool coming out, which I'm very excited about. And I think that 20th Century Fox will make up for the Fantastic Four. 
Um, but and then we have Batman versus Superman with Wonder Woman and Aquaman and whatever. And I, I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about that. Even with yeah. the new guy. Hi, I'm Lex Luthor. How are you? <laughs> ho, ho. It's like, oh, no, I'm not quite sure how I feel about the old Lex. You should not pick a fight with this. <laughs> yep. And then the loud thumping like he's made of steel. You know what I mean? When he pats him on the chest or whatever. And it's just so jokerish. So what the hell are they never going to? Well, I, I mean, like, where's the joke? Joker in this universe is the Joker dead? Is the Joker alive? Exactly, you know, is he in Arkham? Because if he's still alive, he is so Lex Luthor and vice versa. Are they one and the same? Is this something that Zack Snyder's going to whip out his ass and say, "Gotcha"? I don't know, it, but yeah, it, it is pretty bizarre. And then I still don't know how I feel about what's her head being uh, Wonder Woman. Um, but anyway, yeah, go because she's not spoken yet. She's not said a word in any of the trailers. No. So. But then, you know, and what's up with – is it now just that all Batman, uh, you know, like uh, Bruce Wayne is, is, you know, will speak normally. But then Batman has to speak rough. I thought you <laughs> was with you. Really? Dude, have to have a throat lozenge so I can fucking understand what you're saying. Or do we need <laughs> subtitles? Is this going to be Chris Nolan's Batman all over again? So anyway, oh my gosh. It just – I mean – I don't know. I mean, it, but yet Superman will pull his glasses off, not change his voice at all. You know what I mean? And we don't catch on. Yeah. But Batman has to speak with gravel voice because that's more intimidating to. I'm sorry. What did you say? I'm going to kill you. I'm, I'm sorry. I just can't. Can you write it down? I still can't. <laughs> if you're going to threaten me, you know, I get it. You're, you're giving me the Batman stare. But anyway. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow and then of course we've got another star wars film coming out at the end of the year i'm not quite sure how i feel about these standalone films yeah i don't know well and especially when we know they succeeded now granted we don't know who succeeded so maybe you know the big turnover will be you know because someone dies or it's unexpected we really like this character but he's the sacrificial chewbacca whatever you know saving han solo's kids you know it's that kind of sacrifice so uh yeah but yeah it's i don't know i think disney's just like damn man we spent billions for the franchise we've got to start making some money and plus isn't the beauty of star wars the whole massive universe Yes, a bit, like, a bit like Star Trek. Yeah. You know, we love the universe, so therefore we like the films, and we've never really had a standalone Star Wars film. Yeah. Um, even if you count Ewoks, they're kind of a spin-off <laughs> of Return of Jedi, so it's, right. it's just kind of a weird thing. I'm not quite sure how I would feel about yeah. Rogue One or anything like that. Yeah, but it'll be interesting. I just My hope with both Star Wars and all the comic book movies, I hope that the movie producers and studios don't wear it out man because i'm enjoying it you know even like when i went to go see ant-man i wasn't expecting that much from it um the trailers ah, it's ant-man whatever you know but i went because i support marvel i went i'll go to see batman versus superman because i support dc i want to see more movies made based upon comic book characters but ant-man was a very pleasant surprise not just seeing rob on the big screen because he didn't tell me he was in it he was letting me be surprised by you know seeing him on there but uh the whole movie was really good it was fun you know I've got that to watch on Christmas Day. I've never. Oh, really? My tradition is Christmas Day, yeah. is, which makes no sense because if I'm doing it just for this once, it's not really a tradition. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just going to sit down and just play catch up. Yeah. So I've got things like Inside Out, um, Man from Uncle, yeah. Pixels, San Andreas, Ant-Man, and I'm just going to try and 
catch up because it's a kind of a weird week for podcasters and website people because yeah. we generally do all our right that's the year over with shows have a week off and then you think right. well it's not the year after yet right so it's kind of it's weird <laughs> gap in the middle yeah where you just watch whatever right so. <laughs> But the only one in your list that I haven't seen was Pixels. And so I have no idea whether it was any good or not. But all the rest of them I thought were, were solid movies. So I've seen The Ridiculous Six on Netflix with Adam Sandler. Oh, my God, dude. Did you make it all the way through it? And did nope. you enjoy it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Michelle and I were just like, ah, what are we going to watch? And so I said, well, as big a stink as everybody was making about The Ridiculous Six, why don't we watch you know, that? And it started off so stupid and got no better. So literally, I think we're about six minutes in, and that was where we decided we'd stop. Oh, yeah. I made it to maybe 40 minutes in. Did you really? Uh, yeah, just because I thought right. it can't, I'll push through. I'll push it because I like Adam Sandler. I'm not one of these Adam Sandler haters, right? Um, and it was just, it was stupid funny. Even if it was funny, it was stupid rather than right comedy. Um, you know, and I was borderline offensive. I think some of it, you know, all the engine signs oh, and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. You're like, come on, was this blazing saddles right. without the humour? Right. Yeah. It's crazy. So now I gave up. Yeah. But uh, that was another six. reason why I kind of, because I'd already heard from some of my Native American friends the scoop of what happened on the set and why so many of, of uh, you know, indigenous peoples walked off because they were insulted. They were tra- tra- tired of being the ass end of all these different jokes. And it didn't matter that Adam Sandler was raised by Indians and his dad was a, a drunk. I don't know. It's uh, We watched it until Nick Nolte shows up as his dad. And Adam Sandler says, oh, I can't trust Whitey or whatever. And I was just like, I, I'm I'm done, you know? So, yeah. You know a film sucks when you switch it off and you've not even paid for it. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I want my Netflix money back, whatever it's. Because it had a really good cast list on here. It's just, it, I don't know what happened. It, it, it was awful. <laughs> you know, sometimes if I'm doing a Photoshop job, I'll have a movie going in the background that I really don't feel like I need to watch 100%. I would have turned it off if I had been paying it 20% attention. You know, it just, it was that bad. So I think it's probably the sort of film you could put on a BitTorrent website and nobody would download it. So it's probably one of those. It is really bad, and I'm not... I'm not an Adam Sandler hater. Uh, hater. I quite like it. I watched a couple and really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are bashing on that yeah. film. I thought that was that one disappointed me because I think I was expecting something very even, um, and I thought it was just there were so many oddities where it's kind of like, okay, here's the baseline, and we're going along, and this is really good, and I get it, man, and it's wow, this is this is really deep, and all of a sudden it's like there's a blip when uh, it suddenly gets kind of like campy ultra violent and uh and you know and i'm only sensitive when my youngest is sitting around and i'm like wow he's trying to kick the dude in the throat with his high heels and so that was a little bit odd and then the ending where it's like hey guess what we're superheroes really what the what the fuck happened there yeah i didn't see this coming and so anyway man but yeah i mean like it had so much potential and yet i just you know there were uh, just it kind of fell apart in places for me so 
my sort of um, concern over the film was when he puts the boyfriend shoes on and he's just about to get in the shower yeah. and sort of make out yeah. with the woman. You're like, this is a bit rapey for an Adam Sandler film. <laughs> this is not <laughs> possibly. And he, he went, I can't do it. And he ran away. Right. So I'm like, well, fair enough. I'll let you have that one. But right. you look at IMDb's comments on that one. There's a whole big rape discussion <laughs> and everything going on. You're like, well, come on. Where's the rape discussions about that Christmas song, uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside? None. Because, you know, it's like, hey, what, you know, because, like, no, I really want you to stay. No, I've got to go. Hey, wait, what's in my drink? Wait a minute. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's roofy time, roofy for Christmas. It's awful, yep. man. But yet, it's one of the favorite songs. It's in Elf. It's yay. So, anyway, I digress, man. <laughs> so do I. Um, I'm gonna, I'll start working down some of these categories now. Cool. So we can uh, we can see what we've got. Best television, the best new TV shows, any that spring to mind where you think, you know, maybe it's in a season one and you think that's really impressed me. I started off with Gotham because that technically finished at season one this year because it did a break oh, and yeah, season two's right. on now. Hmm. Um, and then mine increased to include Better Call Saul, which I thought was really, really good. Yeah. Fear the Walking Dead, which I really enjoyed, but a lot of people are bashing because there's not enough zombie attacks in it. But right. You know, I don't care. I quite like the people drama. Right. Then, um, then zombie attacks. I gave up on The Walking Dead last year with the horse thing. So, um, there is an Amazon Prime show called Bosch. If you've not watched that, no, very, very good. It's based on the novels by Michael Connolly and Titus Welliver, who is my face is my warrant from right. Transformers Four, I believe it was. Yeah, he's the main character and he's a police detective, and it's a a 10 part really really good show mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Robot I finally watched which was alright a little bit techie yeah. a little bit what the it's heck does that mean Mr. Robot Mr. Robot it's all about computer hackers and it's uh, <laughs> Christian Slater is one of the characters in it <laughs> um, and it's alright it's, wow. it's yeah, it's all about computer hacking. That's pretty much the best way to sort of sum it up right. without giving any plot spoilers. No, there's sometimes I feel very detached from TV because pretty much everything I watch is on Hulu or Netflix and now Amazon Prime. And so um, it's just, I don't know, I guess sometimes I need to be a little more uh, attentive to what's actually on TV because so many things go right under my radar, you know? And I, I don't. Mr. Robot is Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Um, and it's one of those exclusive ones, as is Bosch. Have you seen um, Hand of God? I've seen the first two episodes. Good stuff. I'm liking that. Oh, okay. I've, that's popped up, and uh, Ron Perlman, big fan of his, so I figured I would um, you know, check that out eventually. I was thinking that you know, after Sons of Anarchy that um, Michelle would be very interested in that, but she was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, so we haven't even watched the first episode, so... I, I would say watch the first 20 minutes. If you're not into it in the first 20 minutes, you may not be, because it is one of those that hooks you pretty quick. Oh, awesome, man. Well, I'll check that out. Um, and then the final one I got is, uh, I mean, six episodes, I think it was, and it was a British one starring Stellan Skarsgård, who's been in a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's called River. And he plays a British detective who can sort of see the ghosts of people that have died. So he goes on the sort of case to try and find out who killed his partner mm-hmm. whilst having conversations with his partner. Is that called so that Timber very, or very The clever. Timber? No, it's called River. Oh, River, I'm sorry. I pulled up Netflix uh, and it said Timber and so anyway, yeah, brain fart yeah. happened there. So, yeah. All right. I'll blame my accent. No, no it's called River. 
River. No, it's I listen to so many. I watch so much BBC TV, and then one of the TV shows that I discovered, and I think it's on season three, but so it really doesn't count. But it's Elementary. And after watching the Sherlock series, which was you know uh, BBC, and you know that's the update of the old Sherlock Holmes for those people who have never seen it. And I thought it was just ingenious, especially probably the first and second season, the way they would follow the books and update every aspect of it without diminishing what the books uh, you know had to say and, and how they told it. Um, so anyway, when I saw the trailer for Elementary. I just thought, wow, man, this is just this really sad knockoff. I started watching the pilot when it first came out, and I was just like, yeah, I'm not into this at all. Well, I decided just shits and giggles I would give it a second chance. And, man, I am well into second season and really enjoying it. So but so my whole point is, as much as I hear from, uh, the, you know, the British accent or whatever, and granted you have other influences in your, uh, you know, the way you pronounce things or whatever, but, yeah, man, I understood and uh, it it was just my brain decided to bend it instead of timber. It was, you know, so anyway. <laughs> nope, River. Yeah. So um, what's impressed you then? What would you... you know, probably the best on TV. Now, granted, this is from my sci-fi comic book uh, preferences, but it's The Flash. Um, I like Gotham, like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, like I've been a uh, fan of Arrow from the beginning, but there's just something about The Flash that encompasses so much. And you can have your drama, but you can have um, stuff that's you can have your humor in there and they have great CG effects. Um, and just overall, man, just a really, really solid series. And uh, it's growing in magnitude. It's almost like a, a, a tsunami wave, if you will a positive tsunami wave but i mean like it just it's gathering more characters and you know you have earth one earth two and uh portals and you know of course it's all leading up to legends of tomorrow but um just really really cool uh cool tv so that's probably in my opinion probably the best on tv nice has there been a, a worst sort of season for an existing tv show i opted for hannibal season three which <laughs> i never finished <laughs> um I, you know, I I don't know, man. I I'm to the point now. Um, if this counts, I'm kind of tired of The Walking Dead. I, I'm I'm really. It just seems like they cannot catch a break, and there's always going to be somebody standing up and getting in the way of them just existing, and that's just grueling after a while. It's just like, okay, now we can relax. Oh, shit, they're getting stopped in the road. They don't have the, their finger on the trigger of that rocket launcher, so they can't blow up the motorcycle gang. Damn it, you know? And so, yeah, that's gotten old. I, I don't know that Michelle and I are going to pick that up and finish the season. So I gave up with the horse incident. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> you know, I think it's probably one of those shows. Once it finishes, finishes, and it's yeah. done, and somebody I know happens to have a box set of it, I might go. Can I just spoil that? I'll just finish it. Right. You know, and <laughs> plow through it. But I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of done with it. It's too much stuff to watch. Yeah. It's not like we're struggling for TV shows to. Not you know, at I need all. something to view. We've well, and especially shows. with Amazon Prime opening the doors to so many other TV series, including Falling Skies which um, I did, haven't seen any of. So now I'm watching that, and I think we're maybe seven episodes in. And, you know, it, it's almost like The Walking Dead, but with aliens. Uh, you know, but yet, you know, I mean, have you seen it? 
I saw the pilot episode and I quite enjoyed it way back when. Yeah. I think it was into like its fourth or fifth season now. So yeah. It's been on a few years, but it was pretty good. Yeah. But it just fell by the wayside. Yeah. Because I didn't have enough time to watch it. It's there's a ton of that uh, kind of content out there, and um, like I say, for the most part, as I'm doing uh, my Photoshop work or anything where I don't have to give it a hundred percent attention, I'm watching um, Elementary. And um, but yeah, now Michelle and I are going through Falling Skies, so I think they're on uh, season five now. Nice. Yeah. I may check that out at some point. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, man. I mean, especially with Amazon, Hulu, and uh, Netflix trying to be their own studios and, um, you know, and just uh, having their own original content, it just adds to the amount that we could potentially watch. It does. Also, check out one called, the, is it The Man in the High Castle, which is getting really good reviews on Amazon Have Prime. you seen it? I haven't seen it, no. Yeah. Yet. Well, that's one of those that uh, Ian uh, was telling us about. Uh, he thought that his mom would like it. And, yeah, it looks intriguing. And then, you know, on I think it's Hulu, they have the new TV show, and I can't remember the date um, that's the title. But anyway, but it's where um, you go through this doorway. It's by J.J. Abrams and uh, Stephen King. And you go through this doorway, and you're back at 1960, and they're sending this guy back in time to stop the assassination of uh, JFK. So that oh, was just, yeah, yeah. Is it- 11-11-63 or something. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. you know, I yep. remembered the dots in between the numbers, but that was... Really <laughs> hey, there you go. Together we sorted That's it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I'm only sitting in front of my laptop, so I could have looked it up. But on occasion, I'm just a little too lazy to even do that. So... <laughs> Wow. Yep. Um, so yeah, well, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit with some of these categories cool. because I'm looking at spreadsheets. So I've been for the past couple of months. I've been putting things in. Wow, man. Be there and deleting stuff out. So Great. I'm well into this stuff. I, um, <laughs> are you a big documentary watcher? Um, you know, I when something catches my eye. Now Michelle loves documentaries, especially about uh, you know World War One and two, and um, you know just. Uh, that kind of thing, you know, dealing with uh, historic events and stuff. Um, my documentary, uh, you know, it, I like the documentaries that just are passionate about whatever the subject is. And it's hard to be passionate about the atrocities that the Nazis did on human, you know, like experiments and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think it's good to know just so we don't repeat that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, um, Probably one of my favorite documentaries of all time is uh, Love the Beast, which is Eric Bana talking about growing up, working on this one car in particular, which then he took out racing with his buddies and stuff. And it just that kind of intrigues me. But probably the best documentary that I've seen this year was uh, Dark Star, which is about H.R. Giger's uh, work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't this the second one about him? I think there was one done before. I'm just making a note of that because I've been trying to find out what the um – there was one done when he was alive, and then I think Dark Star was done after he'd passed on, I think, or the other way around. But yeah, I know there's definitely two of them out there. Yeah, this one has a lot of footage of him in it, uh, but I mean, there again, he's he's really old, you know, so he's kind of, you know, kind of shuffling around, and it's hard to understand him anyway, you know, when he speaks in English, uh, but then he's... You know, uh, speaking, I guess, in French, I can't remember where he was from originally, but um, but it's interesting. I, I, I like the fact that he 
painted – I mean, more or less, he just – and this kind of takes takes me back to what um, I think it was Stevie Ray Vaughan said about there are times when he's on stage where he just feels like the universe taps into him and flows through his guitar, and he just jams, right? It's very effortless creation. And that was kind of what Giger was saying, that you know he would just sit down with his airbrush and a blank canvas, and he would just – it was like he just gave in to whatever he wanted to, to paint. So it was very organic, very natural. And uh, the number of people that just really loved his spirit and were always surrounding him and helping him out, it was just really cool. I had no idea. I mean, I was a big fan of his artwork, and I didn't know much about him. And, of course, I liked the fact that it inspired Alien. And you know, But uh, it was just kind of cool finding out more about the artist himself. Nice. I'm going to check that one out, I think, because I've been meaning to, I've never seen a, a documentary on Giga. Yeah. Um, other than obviously little clips in some of the aliens. <laughs> right, right. But it's yeah, so a very are, strange bloke, a very talented one. Oh, you're not kidding, man. Well, the <laughs> fact that he has this little, uh, you know, like it was showing footage of his backyard where he had created this maze where at some point she had to like crawl under things and through things and all these little baby heads and really dark, weird stuff. And he was like, yeah, this is part of like, birth and, and anyway it, it was uh it was interesting but to have all this uh you know his house was full of really almost like uh seven like the movie seven style sadist stuff and you know he said that a lot of it uh came from his fear of this one mummy when he was a kid and uh it was at the museum and his sister made fun of him because he was afraid to look at it so then he forced himself every day he'd go look at this mummy and that <laughs> no doubt probably influenced some of his artwork so certainly did and without him we wouldn't have prometheus that's true um, right. <laughs> yeah but anyway they fired the little rubik's cube that uh had the projector in it so yeah, yeah exactly let's go with that one. <laughs> yeah so what about so, you, man you big documentary fan i would never say i'm a big documentary fan but it's just this year i thought i'll watch one right and then before I knew it, I'd watch like ten. Right. So I was, I've just, I've been lucky enough this year to have seen so many good ones. Right. Um, I love the movie making ones. So if it's a documentary comes out about making a film, right. then I'm in. I want to watch it. So most of mine are actually sort of film stuff. I watched Electric Boogaloo, the story of Canon, which was amazing. Right. Um, and it's about the producers Golan Globus, who pretty much did all the Chuck Norris movies, right. and the Charles Bronson films of the eighties, and Masters of the Universe, right. and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and it's crazy, but it's a funny documentary. It's not a serious one. It's, um, I mean, it's not made by the producers themselves, right. but it's interviewing a lot of people that worked with them. Right. And it is it's such an entertaining documentary. So I would definitely check out Electric Boogaloo. Okay. Um, the story of Canon. It's been out a little while, so it should be available on like a Hulu or, or Netflix or something like that. Um, I also watched one, which I think this is on the US Netflix, called Lost Souls. Oh, yeah. Yep. The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's <laughs> Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, if you're not a fan of Val Kilmer, watch this one. You'll like him even less. Yep. <laughs> but I, I felt bad for the guy because, you know, here he was, you know, thinking, okay, this is my vision. My vision's yeah. going to hit the big screen. Wait, we have big name actors. And then, yeah, it just all went to shit after that. And the, the number of. <laughs> The number of uh, awful things that were told about him to the producers that were still stateside. 
died. And they're like, oh, my God, he's lost his mind. And then some of the actors saying, well, no, he never did that. It was Val Kilmer who lost his mind. So, yeah, yeah. God, that's just, you know. And then the fact that at the end he's just like, no, I live in a hut on a mountain. I never want to make movies again. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Such a promising career torpedoed by Val Kilmer yeah. and Marlon Brando, really. <laughs> So, yeah, that definitely earns a place in my list. Yeah. Um, one of the other ones I watched is The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened by John Schnepp, oh. which I remember that with that being kickstarted. Right. Um, and have you are you familiar with that documentary? Have you watched that one? No. Now, is this the one that has Nick Cage as Superman? Certainly does. Yeah, there's lots of behind-the-scenes interviews with like uh, Tim Burton and uh, John Peters, and uh, you do see all the costume footage with Nick Cage. And I reckon it would have worked, but it's yeah, you know, we need we need a big crazy spider in there, and you know, Kevin Smith's in the documentary, and it's it, it's a lot of fun. Um, and you start off thinking, my God, this Nick Cage as Superman would be terrible, right. but by the end of it, and learning what you do about the film, you think, you know what, I I would quite like to see that. It could work. Right. It really could work. <laughs> now, was this before or after he had a, uh, a kid with Elvis's daughter and named the kid uh, Kal-El? <laughs> yeah. Probably around the same time, I'm thinking. <laughs> How serious are you about playing Superman? I'm going to name my kid Jarrell or Kal-El. And yeah. So, yeah. And then the film never happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. That's not so going to hinder that kid at all at school, you know. No, he would not get bullied at all. Uh, bad enough, he's the son of Nick Cage. <laughs> He'd be getting bullied by the son of some sort of uh, tax revenue person. Right. Or something. So, um, I also watched another one, which I got sent through on a screener, and it's called Nintendo Quest, which is pure, pure indie filmmaking. Right. And I love it. I've got such a fondness of people that just go, I'm going to make a film. Right. Because they're not super polished. They haven't got any high budgets behind them, but they right. do what they really, really, really want to do. Right. And it works, and you can just feel the charm on the film. Yeah. Nintendo Quest is a guy who's a filmmaker, and I forget his name, but he challenges his mate. He said, do you know what you need to do? You need to buy all 200, I think it's 238 official Super Nintendo cartridges. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so I'm going to film you doing it. He's like, all right. He said, but you're not allowed to use the internet. He's like, huh? Not allowed to use the internet. You've got to buy them, and I'm going to follow you. Right. And it's this journey. You know, it's similar to like Super Size Me, if you've seen that one, where it is effectively just cameras pointing at somebody while they go do stuff. Right. Such a good documentary. I think it was Super Nintendo. It might have been the original Nintendo Entertainment System, but right. it's some sort of Nintendo thing. And there's 200 odd games that are pretty hard to get, and it's this guy trying to actually get them all in 30 days, I might add. So there's a time period on it. <laughs> So if he uh, went to a yeah. store, could the store owner actually look it up on the internet and try to help him out? Oh, totally. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he was just banned from actually using his smartphone and making quick work of it all. Yes. <laughs> and he had to pay for the games and you know, track them down. Right. He did sort of pure old school type, so he would go to these old video game stores and go, right, here's a list of the ones I need, and right. try and haggle and see how, how little he would pay for them or how much in some cases. Right. But uh, Nintendo Quest, there's got a lot of people who have mentioned this thing too. They said, but does he do it? I'm like, I ain't telling you. Just watch it. You know what would have been a funny little spin at the end would be like, you know, he shows up and he's like, I've got all the games. And then his buddy's like, hey, guess what just came out today? 
the Nintendo Retro Set, and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's all the games, all in this one little unit that you know mimics the whole thing. So <laughs> no, I'm just having a look at it on uh, seeing if it's on IMDb because it is very very good. <laughs> But you know it's funny they've they have like the old Sega Genesis game system or whatever or they're calling it the Sega Genesis but it has you know like two dozen games that comes with it and it's just a little bitty kind of blocky thing and uh, but you get up your TV and you can play all these old games and I think they have a Nintendo version as well and you know it would be kind of fun I don't know how much you know like longevity it would have in the house but it would be kind of fun to sit down for a day and play a lot of the old games that I enjoyed so much as a kid. I've just looked it up on IMDb. It's actually 678 official titles. Oh, my. Not 238. And it was the <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System from 1985. Wow. Uh, and it's Jay Bartlett is the guy who's got to go and try the try and get all the games. Yeah. And Rob McCallum is the filmmaker. So <laughs> With 678 titles, 30 days, no online purchases at all. <laughs> wow. So was that made in the States? Or, I mean, like, where, where did they make yeah. the movie? That was a US one. Yeah. I'm just checking to make sure. Because over here we go, oh, I think it was American, but it could be Canadian. You never know. <laughs> you get into trouble for that. Right. Canadians don't like being called American. <laughs> um, let's have a look. I'm just double checking. Yeah. It is an award winning filmmaker. Yeah, it doesn't mention. So I think it is US. Yeah. Let's have a look at the countries. Let's double check on that one. Because you don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. Well, while you're looking that up, the one TV show that uh, came out this year that I forgot to mention was Jessica Jones. I thought that was really solid. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. There's only been one hater online. I I felt like he was just being stupid. Yeah, I mean, I started to watch Jessica Jones. I've seen the two episodes, and I didn't. I didn't like it, but I didn't dislike it, if right. that makes sense. Oh, sure. I thought, this is okay, well, but it's not grabbed me, so I right. may watch it at some point. But everybody's raving about it. Yeah. So they're, they're loving some bit Jessica Jones. Yeah. It's one of those things um, you really need to you know give it probably four or five episodes really to get into it. And granted, it's only 13 in, uh, you know, for the season. But, yeah, it, it's one of those things where I was familiar with the characters, and I was looking forward to seeing Luke Cage and, uh, you know um, – you know, seeing if they ever cross paths with, uh, you know, uh, Daredevil and whatever else. So, um, anyway, so yeah, it's, it's, it, I was into it from the beginning, but I, I knew the backstory of it all. So, and yeah, so anyway, but that, that was yeah. solid. Nintendo Quest apparently is US slash Canada, so I'm still no wiser. So. <laughs> it's, it's one or the other. Right. It's just, it's North American, shall we just say? Right. That kind of works. Yeah. But no, it's very, very good. There you go. <laughs> um, but the best documentary I've seen this year, and I'm not a fan of her music at all, never was, Yeah, probably still I'm not, was a documentary called Amy, about Amy Winehouse. Hmm. Um, really, really good. I'd heard that the documentary was impressive, and I went out and bought it. Right. So I thought, you know what? And Which is quite... When you're not a fan of somebody's music right. and they're making a documentary about a musician that will feature a lot of their music, it has to be good to impress you. Right. Otherwise, you're like, the music sucks. Such a good documentary because it was it was using a lot of our home movies mm-hmm. pieced together without the sort of uh, the the link footage that like I'm going to be using for my Comic Con type thing. Oh, now we're going to do this, and they'll show some footage and that type of thing. Yeah. But it was just it was wonderfully pieced together, and by the end of it, you think, "Yep, uh, Amy Winehouse is very different to the Amy Winehouse that the press showed us." Yeah. So it's it just shows you the difference um, that somebody actually is to the way that 
they're perceived yeah. by uh, by media and stuff, but it was really, really good. Yeah. So I would probably give that one, I think. Um, and Nintendo Quest was winning until I watched Amy Winehouse. Really? Once, and I'm like, well, you know what? They're kind of really different. Yeah. Because I sent the guys who do Nintendo Quest, because they were on Twitter as well, going, that was amazing. You need to do more. That was so much fun, and I think they are planning on doing something else because right. they sent me a message back saying, "Oh, you'll love what we've got next." Then I'm like, "Okay, don't be don't be presumptuous. I may not love it. How do you know I love it? How dare you?" They looked into the depths of your soul through that tweet, right? And they uh, they know you now, right? Yeah, they just figure that I don't talk about anything I don't like, right? Which is true. Yeah. I don't tend to focus on stuff I don't like. What so. was the uh, documentary? And I I don't know when it came out, but it's the one where they were looking for the ET video game and they, oh, Atari game over yeah yeah that was a pretty cool documentary we saw that probably two or three months ago that was great yeah and then did you so, did you see soaked in bleach no not watch that one yeah that was interesting that was the uh the one um dealing with uh what's his head jeez uh, i'm sorry i'm uh, kurt cobain i don't know why that oh, escaping yeah. me but yeah it was like you know talking about Courtney Love and all the discrepancies and how much stuff was covered up and you know they were you know instead of it being a suicide you know so many people thought that it it wasn't and conspiracy theories and that yeah, was pretty cool. See that's one of those I'd be put off watching because I wasn't a fan of Nirvana. However, right. I wasn't a fan of Amy Winehouse either, and I enjoyed that documentary. <laughs> I stand correct. I don't know that you're going to like Kurt Cobain or Nirvana any more than you do now. I don't think it's going to change your view of it, but it, it's just interesting. Once again, you know the politics of big money and you know who's going to be famous and who's not. And we've got to look after this person's, uh, you know, the, the way people view this person. We've got to make sure that they continue to view them favorably, so we can still make money from them and their music. And yeah, so. I've got two categories left. I've got a really quick one, actually, which technically makes it three. What's the best video game you've played this year? You know, I haven't gotten any new video games this year. This has not been a very big video game year for me for whatever reason. And um, so, I I mean, like, I guess the only one that I've... um, the only one that I played that was kind of new to me, and this is actually old, was Alan Wake. And I played it for a few days, and then other things came up, and I I never had a chance to finish it. So I probably got to restart that one, because I remember the uh, controls were just a bit odd. Because I'm used to the Gears of War Halo kind of, um, you know, aggressive kind of uh, games. And so this is you and a flashlight, and, you know, eventually I think I found a gun, and, you know, so. But, yeah, what about you? I would probably go for Destiny the Taken King, which was one that I played this year. Right. I, I was late on the bandwagon of Destiny. Right. Gave it a go. It's very much like Halo, which suits me fine. Right. Um, and a lot of the other video games I played this year just haven't been that good, like Mad Max one I couldn't get into. Really? No, it, yeah. That one looked intriguing to me. Was it the playability, or was it just stupid bullshit? What, I mean, you know. No, I think it was just the playability. I put it on, and the, the, the game looked great, and it just it was a big open world, and mm-hmm. I just, uh, okay, there's lots of sand dunes everywhere, and <laughs> I just couldn't. Couldn't get into it. I also picked up Alien Isolation. Yeah. Couldn't get into that either. Yeah. Um, I went straight back to Destiny. I picked up Star Wars Battlefront, <laughs> which was great. Yeah. But it just it's it's Star Wars, so it's fun. But it's 
if you want a really good online multiplayer, either go for Destiny or Black Ops 3. There's no reason to go online and play Star Wars Battlefront. It's just a bit too arcadey. Yeah. Um, and I found when you zoomed in with the guns, it didn't really zoom in that much. It just put a nice little target in it. <laughs> I, I kind of need to zoom in, whereas Call of Duty, you could shoot off an earring or whatever, can't right. you? So. Yeah. Well, and when I played the demo version of that, it was just kind of like when I tried to zoom in, that just gave my opponent more time to shoot me in the face and kill me. So there was just, it seemed like I was always respawning and I was just, I'm not going to enjoy that kind of game. I want to be able to be immersed in the world and it's just kind of like, no, you're a clone here. No, you're a clone here. No, you're a clone. Keep on going. You know, it's, it's, there's, death has no weight and uh, I'm, was just, you know, always respawned and getting shot again really easily. So I felt uh, like I had no armor on. Yeah, I, I traded mine in yesterday. Oh, did you really? <laughs> so I got, got rid and then got a lot of DVDs to, uh, to watch over Christmas. Yeah. That'll do. Uh, uh, but yeah, so Destiny, I think, would, would definitely um, get my award for that one. Yeah. Uh, best performances. Is this one you focus on each year? Because everybody does like the best films and all that sort of stuff. But do you take note of who the best performances are that you've seen? Um, you know, it's, I actually uh, was asking Michelle her thoughts on this last night because pretty much, I mean, like, if all the performances are solid, then I'm into the movie and I really don't think about how great the performances are. If at any point I am pulled out of the movie because suddenly I'm like, oh shit, he's acting or she's acting, um, you know, that's the note that I make. It's like, damn, they were just lame. Um, but, uh, but no, but I mean, like I did come up with a, a male and a female actor that I thought, uh, did, you know, outstanding performances and I even have an honorable mention. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Is that something that you generally look for? Like, oh my gosh, this is, I mean, is that a thought during the movie? You're like, damn, this person is acting their ass off. No, it's generally a thought after the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, where you go, wow, that was amazing. Because especially in when we do like film reviews mm-hmm. and, and podcasters in general and I suppose filmmaking as well, you can sometimes overanalyze. So you, you can go into a film and go, oh, I love that camera angle. Or, oh, look, a lens flare. Right. <laughs> or, right. And I, right. I've, I still manage to go into a film and just go, right, just show me the storyline. Right. And then when I watch it again, mm-hmm. then I'll maybe look at the nice flashy camera angles or this, that, and the other. So right. performances generally hit me afterwards. Right. Um, some of the ones I had, Charlize Theron for Mad Max Fury Road, yeah. which I thought was very, very good. Yep. Uh, Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy for Legend. Right. <laughs> he plays not one, but he plays two Cray twins. He plays them both. Yeah. He did a very, very good job. That one snuck in and snuck out of the movie theaters over here. So I guess I have to wa- you know wait and watch it once it hits Blu-ray or Netflix or Amazon. I think it, it'll work just as well yeah. because it's more a character piece than... Yeah. You know, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yeah, you know, you're gonna go. I wait for that one to hit Netflix. No, <laughs> Star Wars you need to watch on a big screen. Oh yeah, Legend you can get away with watching on the small screen. Yeah, uh, Stellan Skarsgård in the TV series River, mm-hmm. which was very very good. Right. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in Southpaw, that yeah. guy, phenomenal. The uh, film itself really good. A lot of people go, it's just like Rocky. Yeah, but I like Rocky. <laughs> but fine, I don't care. It's a boxing film. How many different storylines can you have in a boxing right, film? Right, right. Not that many. <laughs> um, Alicia Vikander in a film called Testament of Youth, which was a film I saw way sort of back at the beginning of the year, World War Two thing with the uh, Kit Harrington and whatnot in it as well. Yeah. 
And for the winners, I've actually got people that you may not have heard of. Yeah. Uh, starring in films you may not have heard of because they're little independent British ones. Up until a week ago, I had the winners as Kevin Leslie and Simon Cotton, who played the Cray Twins. There you go, Cray Twins. That was Tom Hardy. <laughs> There's actually two Cray Twin movies came out this year. Right. Um, originally, there was a film coming out called Rise of the Crays, and according to the story, Tom Hardy was supposed to star in that one, but the film went into some sort of turnaround due to various issues that I'm sure you know everybody's familiar with. If you make movies, right, yeah. things fall apart. Yeah. Tom Hardy then jumped on board Legend did that one the cray film came back into life and i spoke to kevin and simon for the podcast for the first one mm-hmm. and they were apparently they were hired on the tuesday and they started filming on the monday <laughs> wow that's insane yeah i need to go back and double check that but they did say they went that's how you know how did you go about preparing to play these notorious gangsters and they went well we got the phone call on the tuesday saying we'd we'd got the role right and we were shooting on the monday like wow but even better than that they shot two films back to back so the rise of the craze is already out there right and fall of the craze comes out it's like a three-hour movie that these guys shot (laughs) with about you know five six days to prep (laughs) right (laughs) insane (laughs) and as much as tom hardy's really good i think the storyline in rise of the craze and fall of the craze is far better than legend um, so I give it to them. Those guys are phenomenal. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive stuff. And the other one is uh, Rise of the Foot Soldier Part Two, which you were going. I've never even heard of Rise <laughs> of the Foot Soldier Part One. It, uh, <laughs> it's really hard talking to people from America. Right. I don't even know. <laughs> what you mean? It's it's the ninth film based on what they call the Essex Boys killings over here. Yeah, I've never even heard of the Essex Boys killings. Right. Not a shock. And it was it's a criminal thing. I'm trying to think the equivalent. But I don't know if there is an equivalent <laughs> in the US. Right. It's basically a gangster criminal case that happened over here in the mid-90s. It resulted in three people being gunned down in the back of uh, Range Rovers or Land Rovers. Mm. And nobody knew who did, who did it. And then they thought they did. And they put them in jail and trials and all that sort of stuff. And over here in the UK, the filmmakers seem to really feel an attachment to that story. Mm. And it's this had nine films. It's been nine movies which focus on this case. Wow, quite a lot of films. Yeah, um, Rise of the Foot Soldier one touches upon it lightly, right? But it's it's more focusing on a guy who knew the people involved in that case, and it's following him, his life basically. And Rise of the Foot Soldier two was due to come out. It was started shooting. It was a big old mess because one of the people involved in it was. Uh, less than nice person shall we say <laughs> um, a film company called Carnaby came in, bailed the film out, sorted it out I saw it the other day they've done an absolutely amazing job at rescuing a film that had pretty much drowned from all accounts mm. um, so they need to come in for, uh, for doing a really really good job of putting <laughs> the film and the guy who played the character in the first one, mm-hmm. he has written and directed the second one as well as reprising the role from his 2007 film. Yeah. And it's a really grim film, but it's really, really good. It reminded me of a little bit of Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel, right. not Nick Cage. Yeah. And a little bit of Leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Whereas the first one was kind of like a football hooligan type criminal gangster film. Right. This one's far more serious and it kind of, it makes it better, I think. Um, and Ricky Harnett did an amazing job in that one. So 
I was quite chuffed at that. But that was a very, very long-winded thing about Rise of the Foot Soldier Part 2. <laughs> because that's, these films, don't, they, don't, they don't make it to the States. Right. And it's like, it's, it's a criminal. Mm-hmm. You know, it should, they should make it, because they're really good. Yeah. So there you go. That's so I need a drink after that long explanation. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I'm going to give my best performance to Ricky Harnett for Rise of the Foot Soldier Part 2. Right. But also Carnaby for um, bailing the film out. Yeah. Because it looked like it wasn't going to come out there for a while. But it did. And uh, yay to them. That's good. Because so. you're right. Too many uh, movies fall by the wayside. And there's so many movies. I really wish that Netflix and – and I understand you know, distribution, the pie, global, uh, has to be cut into various pieces and whatever. And then you, know, you, you may be able to see movies that I can't. I see movies that you can't. And, but it would be nice if Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon would just be global. So that we could have all these different movies from all around the globe, and you know, I I don't mind subtitles, and um, there's just a lot of movies that a lot of people miss that never make it to the states, and probably never make it. There's probably movies that you nor I can see, you know, um, that are well worth watching. So. I was chatting to a friend of mine the other day, and he said, "I got really fed up because I don't." You know, every film that comes out, I know about it because I've read about it or somebody right. spoiled it. So there's just no good independent films out there anymore. And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you looking? Right. Um, and there's things like Bone Tomahawk. There's things like Cop Car. Mm-hmm. You know, all this sort of stuff. And it's just people just don't hear about it unless it's on the cover of a magazine. Right. They don't look for films. They just wait for people to drop Fast and the Furious 7 on right. the desk. Or something like <laughs> I mean, a lot of the films that are in my top 10, half the people probably won't have even heard of them. Yeah. So it's, And I think that's why they end up in my top 10. Not necessarily because I enjoyed them more than Star Wars 7, right. but just because it's really nice to just put a film on that you've never heard of, you're not familiar with the cast, you press play and you go, wow, mm-hmm. that was really, really good. Yeah. Did you ever see a movie called I'll Follow You Down? No. It is a uh, more or less uh, kind of a time travel movie. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's cool. I, I cannot remember any of the actors right off the top of my head, but uh, familiar faces, just not your mainstream, you know? Uh, but it was really cool, and I guess it came through the theaters, and I just didn't see it, but I didn't even see a trailer for it. And it was, um, I think it was last Friday. I was a bit under the weather, so I decided I was just going to you know take a movie day and, um, and found it on Amazon Prime and watched it, and I was really really impressed and it's one of those um you know it's not a high action or anything but it it deals with time travel but it also deals with uh family dynamics and in a cool way so it it was in, uh, i enjoyed it uh, i'm gonna sit down and watch it again with michelle i liked it that much so nice yeah good <laughs> i shall add that to my list then yeah so let's let's get on to the biggie then hey, well, best films well, of let's the jump year. back to because you and jump i agreed back. on charlie's uh theorem. oh yeah, yeah. We did. Definitely. I mean, the fact that she could pull off um, this badass who has all this grit and endurance, and I'm saving these, uh, you know, the the breeders, right? And we're going to go to the promised land, more or less. And so the fact that she, you know, was such a badass and would do whatever it took, but she kept holding on hope until she got to what was supposed to be, you know, like uh, the the motherland that was going to be the land of milk and honey that was going to be awesome. And it's like shitty now, you know? And so the scene that really just, I, I don't know, 
is almost like you know, playing the perfect violin solo, if you will, and that's kind of an odd way to term it, I know. But um, where she is, she pulls her arm off, the fake arm, throws it down, walks out. The wind is blowing the sand, and she just drops to her knees and screams. And I was like, fuck, yes. So anyway, there's my um, best female performance. Jason Bateman in The Gift had so many dynamic turns because he really plays kind of a douchey character. Um, but you don't know how to take him. Is he being an ass or is he, you know, what? who is this person at his core? And uh, he pulled that one off. I mean, like, that was that was really, really good. And then the honorable mention, uh, and this is on a, this is an odd one, but anyway, the parents from Jurassic World, the fact that they were getting a divorce, <laughs> and you believed it. You saw them putting on this false face for the kids. It's like, no, you'll have fun with your aunt. And then it's like, you know, the dad's like, yeah, last uh, you know, family breakfast or whatever. And, you know, when you watch it, you don't know what's really going on behind the scenes for the first time, right? And uh, But then when you're watching it the second and third time, you're like, Damn, man, I've been there. That's that's really spot on. Yeah, you're trying to be strong for the kids, and then you go to war. You know. So anyway, um, if we're uh, if we're allowed honourable mentions, I have to mention the cast of Fast and Furious Seven. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> just because I can't imagine how hard it would be yeah. to shoot shoot a film. Yep. Part way through it, one of your co you know your colleagues dies. Right. And then you've got to not only get over, get over that or deal with that, right. but then go back to finish the film. I can't imagine how yeah. nightmarish that could be, and they did a bang-out job. Yeah, because I think it. they really were like family. I think they still are, yeah. uh, you know, but... Um, yeah, so I mean, it was not just a mis- you know losing a cast member; uh, it was losing a family member. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I hadn't thought about that aspect of it, but yeah, it's true. I mean, to go back in, but I guess it was to honor him. You know, they could pull it together and uh, keep on acting as though nothing had happened. And they did an exemplary job adding him into footage, using his brother, and then uh, supering his uh, you know his face on over his brother's face and just you know they pulled it off i was surprised he was still that big a part of the movie because he died what was it like halfway through production wasn't it i think so yeah yeah, it's, yeah. which but is they, always uh, yeah you know, it's uh always been you know a fear of every filmmaker especially on the independent scene where it's like you know you're you're not going to make your money back no matter what kind of deal you you get right and uh when Certain actors are just, they love doing the crazy stuff, like, you know, when they're not, uh, you know, on set, they're off spelunking in a, a, a old mine shaft or some crazy stuff like that, and you're like, damn, man, we're not through, and I really wish that you would just go to your trailer and chill out, you know? <laughs> and uh, But there's been a lot of actors who have died during filming, and it's it, how they pull it off is, uh, you know, they have to be very creative, so. Yep. Yeah. So, Yes. Uh, and on that grim note, yeah, <laughs> and Happy New Year, right? Yeah, <laughs> let's get to the best films. What have been your highlight movies of the year? I think I've got ten. Yeah, uh, well, I'm glad that you have that many because I've got a few. Literally, I have. I had narrowed it down to seven, and um, but it was tough because I, you know, it's because Jake and I will disagree. Like his favorite movie is Fury Road. He said that's just the top one for the year. And I really enjoyed it, but I really enjoyed other movies, too. And they're different genres, different, um, you know, I don't know. It, if I was entertained, then, um, you know, then they hit the list. So, 
Um, do you want to start and bounce it back and forth one at a time? Or you want to do a whole list or what you want to do? I'm going to do mine in no specific order yeah. other than my favorite film of the year. Okay. So everything else is just, they're like all my second top favorite. Okay. Um, the first one I've got, which goes back to the fact it's an indie film and nobody's heard of it. I've never heard of the cast and I put it on and it's really entertained me. It's called The War I Knew but it's actually been renamed D-Day Survivor over here in the UK. There's a film company called High Flyers who are notorious for changing film titles, right. which makes it really awkward when you get a screener through and you go, oh, it's D-Day Survivor, so you punch it on IMDb, right. nothing, no mention of it whatsoever. Right. So then you have to put the film on, look who directed it, <laughs> go on to IMDb, put his name in, go, well, it kind of looks like a similar storyline, so that's probably the film I'm after. So that's what I ended up doing with D-Day Survivor. Yeah. Um, it's called The War I Knew. Effectively, it's just four people walking around in a field. Huh. <laughs> and it's four. Uh, there's a British paratrooper. Um, he's wandering around on his own because he's the only survivor. He, along the way, bumps into another three people, and they're just wandering around trying to stay alive mm-hmm. type thing. No major big battle scenes in it, but just such a diverse set of four people. Mm-hmm. The film just worked. It's probably shot for next to nothing. I'd love to find <laughs> out what the budget is. Yeah. Uh, but IMDb doesn't tell me. But it's a little British film. Right. Um, the War I Knew. And it's just, yeah, effectively just four people wandering around in a field. Over to you. Can you beat that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is not in any specific order. Uh, Kingsman was so cool. I mean, like, Matthew Vaughn does such a great job when it's not a franchise movie. I, I, I mean, like, I enjoyed uh, X-Men First Class. That was fine. But there were some issues with it that it just kind of stood out, even on the first viewing. And um, I'm a big Matthew Vaughn fan. So, you know, but you look at Kick-Ass and you look at Kingsman and the fact that these are like, you know, more or less his brainchild or, you know, he's working with other writers. But still, um, he could really be in control of, you know, the, the, the way it came together. But I thought Kingsman was great. Uh, was. Just uh, and you know even tearing down like uh, I think we did a podcast on Wax and Cinematic about um, our favorite action sequences and that church scene you've seen Kingsman right I have indeed yeah, yeah so that church scene it's so chaotic but also the way it was shot was so genius where they covered every cut so it looks like one continuous insane shot it, it just you know. Anyway, and then the music and all kind of balancing it out, uh, just really cool. So, um, excellent movie. Nice. Good, good. Yeah. And a se- sequel on the way. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, this next one I'm going to get a lot of crap for because a lot of people put it in their worst list and they hated it. Oh, yeah? And I don't care. Um, I was <laughs> a big fan of the TV series. So when they were saying, we're going to make a movie, I'm like, bring it on. Right. Love it. And that's Entourage the movie. I never saw the TV show, and I saw the trailers, and I saw the like the liquor ads and all that. And um, but anyway, but it was good, huh? Yeah, it's because you know a lot of people that didn't watch the TV show, yeah, watched the film and hated it. Going, well, it's stupid. I'm like, yeah, but it's you watch those sort of films for the characters, right? Who you've watched over ninety odd episodes, so you just want to see them do the same thing again. You want to see them be stupid and swear right. and, and fly around on speedboats. I mean, the, the series is it's loosely based on Mark Wahlberg's real life. He's a producer on the show. And it's pretty much about his rise into Hollywood. So it's, it's a lot of sort of 
frat pack type humour. Right. So, you know, people getting drunk and people buying expensive sports cars. And right. You've got Jeremy Piven as easily one of the best characters yeah. on TV. Yeah. Uh, Ari Gold, who's... I, I like to think he's based on Joel Silver um, <laughs> and that type of thing. But right. such a good film. I love seeing it. I've watched it, I think, maybe two or three times. It's one of those films I can finish watching. Right, I'm just going to put it on again. Right. Um, but a lot of people hate it. But what do I care? It's my list. That's, you know what? And that's that's the cool thing is that um, there really aren't any right or wrong answers. Uh, you know, you're into what you're into and you enjoy things based upon, you know, the flavors you enjoy. Uh, you know, it's no different than going to your favorite restaurant over and over again, you know. Um, so that's cool, man. I I will check that out. Do you think I need to watch the TV show before I see the movie, or does it uh, no? I would say yes. Yeah. Um, and each episode's only twenty something minutes long, so you you tear through those, and it's a short season. Yeah. There are only maybe ten episodes, so you could blitz through one of those in a day. But uh, I would definitely try and watch the TV show first because you, you form an attachment to the characters. Right. I'm making oh. notes, man. I'm going to watch the uh, TV series and then the movie. Nice. Yep. The, the next in line, and again, this isn't in any specific order because I would shuffle this. I'd be like, yeah, but this one, oh, but wait, this one, but wait, this one. And so anyway, it's like me stirring a pot. So they're, they're really all in, the, in my favorite bucket. But anyway, Age of Ultron, um, when I saw it in the uh, theater with the kids, and it happened to be on comic book day, so we had already been by uh, the comic book store for free comics. Uh, they had artists out there that were d- drawing whatever character uh, we, we requested and stuff. So I mean, it's just a cool start to the day. And then we went to the movie theater to see Age of Ultron, and the kids were very excited. And you know, I thought it was, I thought the opening sequence was just stupid. I really there were facets of it that I enjoyed, like Captain America um, calling. I think it was Stark said "damn it" or whatever, and uh, Cap says "language." over the intercom and everybody heard it. So they're giving him shit for the rest of the movie. That was funny, but I just thought it was a little, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it was a little over the top and I get it. You know, Hey, you're familiar with all these characters that really don't have to be introduced, but here in almost rapid slides show fashion is everybody. Here's Hulk. Here's this, there's that, whatever. And they're over and done with, uh, you know, uh, really fast. But so I thought that was a little forced, but, Overall, I thought the movie was fine. Then when uh, my daughter wanted to watch it again, this was probably two weeks ago, I got through and I'm like, fucking hey, man, it is 1030 at night and I want to write a screenplay. I was that inspired. I was that juiced by the whole thing. And it really turns out to be a very fun movie. I think maybe I was expecting the Avengers, the like another something that was as as cool as the original Avengers, but there again, they had to, that was the whole breaking in of everybody. Everybody was figuring out everybody's position in the uh, in the group, and so they had already done that kind of dynamic shift, and so there was no way for Age of Ultron to be that movie again. So, but anyway, again, I, I, when I watched it the second time, I was just blown away by how much fun it was. So, so that made my list. <laughs> Well, next up, I've got a film called Good Kill, starring Ethan Hawke, which is directed by a guy called Andrew Nichol, yeah. who wrote The Truman Show. He directed Gattaca, uh, Sim 1, right. um, The Host, uh, a whole bunch of things, mm-hmm. In Time and all these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about military drones. Such a good film. Ethan Hawke is one of these people you go, he's in it, right. I'm going to watch it, because he seems to choose his projects really, really well. Yeah. 
Um, he never seems to just chase the big check. He always chooses <laughs> things like The Purge or Gattaca right. or Good Kill. Really, really enjoyed Good Kill. Knew nothing about it. Saw it on the DVD shelves in the, in the local Walmart. Saw Andrew Nichols' name on it. Thought, I'm having that. And it did not let me down at all. Really good film. That is cool. And you're right. Uh, he plays... He doesn't have that uh, stereotypical Hollywood look either. And no. so he he can play a wider variety. Um, and yeah, what was the movie he was in? Was it Daylight or Day Killer or whatever about the vampires had Will oh, Defoe in it? Was it Daybreaker or something go. like that? Yeah. I think, yeah, which, well, which, which I've not seen. But, uh. Oh, it was good, man. I mean, once again, it was free on Netflix, uh, and I put that in invisible quotes that you can't see. But, you know, when it when it's a movie on Netflix, I consider it free. I mean, you know, it's, it's cheap enough per month. But, yeah, we watched it, and uh, it was solid. We enjoyed it. Nice. So what's next for you? Uh, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Hey, good choice. Yeah, that was one of those. Uh, it uh, Ghost Protocol was so solid, and I enjoyed it so much. And that was pretty much when that one came out on Blu-ray. That was the one I'd have my friends over, and it's like, we've got to watch this if you haven't seen it. So, I mean, I've probably seen it at least half a dozen to a dozen times now. And um, there's just something really cool about that movie. And once again, sorting out dynamics, they had you know some new people added to uh, you know the group. And uh, but it, it just I don't know. I that was probably one of my favorite movies that year. So. You know, the trailer for Rogue Nation looked like it would be, you know, really solid, but I still didn't. You know, you go in with some trepidation because you don't want to be disappointed. And that one just top shelf, man. I enjoyed it and can't wait to get a Blu-ray copy. It's, you know, one of those things. It's um, normally if it wasn't the uh, Christmas season and I don't know what my kids and friends have gotten me as gifts. So I try to like not go out and buy Blu-rays just in case someone is picked it up for me but yeah that's one of those i probably would have picked up on the day and watched that's how much i enjoyed that movie on the blu-ray there's a really good little featurette which is probably about 10 minutes long about him uh, clinging to the side of a plane it's fantastic <laughs> and it's really really good cool. where they found that pilot and what happened to the pilot directly afterwards right <laughs> yep pretty much <laughs> but no that's so it's a really good blu-ray i mean the dvd's got minimal special features but the blu-ray there's a commentary by chris mcquarrie and tom cruise yeah. there's 45 minutes worth of featurettes and making ups and stuff so it's it's uh, it's well worth it, and I think obviously a digital copy or whatever. Sometimes oh, nice. it usually give away. Yeah, so. yeah, it is good stuff. Yeah. yeah, definitely Mission Impossible Five. That nearly made my list. Oh yeah, but a lot of the other ones I'd seen, I thought now right. I need to put those in. So, <laughs> um, I have got a little independent film, and I probably need to bring this one up on IMDb. Yeah, it is just so I can give you a cast list. It's probably one of those that nobody's ever heard of. Right. Hey, quick question while you're looking that up. Are you an IMDb Pro member? Uh, I'm not a Pro member, but I'm a regular member. Oh, okay. Because I'm trying to you – know, I found the war I knew, and I, I cannot find where they state um, you know, the budget for the movie. So, No, I can't find any evidence of it. Yeah. I would think it would be very, very cheap, Yeah, but, but it definitely worked. Um, yeah, I looked at the cost of IMDb Pro, and I'm like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make nothing from what I do, so I can't justify paying out right. money so that I can make no money doing what I do. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I've, you know, that'll be something for me to do, maybe in the right. future. Well, when, um, when so many of the movies that I had a hand in, and still 
I mean, like they're out of the festivals now, the the last one. But yeah, it was like to promote myself. Then I started uh, with the IMDb Pro, and um, you know, so I could have pictures of myself and production stills and all this other stuff on there, and you know, just to promote me. But yeah, there are times when I'm just like, do I even use it that much anymore? Probably not. So, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, white white bird in a blizzard. Um, I saw it at the beginning of the year. It's credited as being a 2014 thing. Yeah. I generally don't care. If I watch it for the first time in a year, then it counts as that year's awards. That way I'm not penalizing something just because I chose not to watch it earlier. On. Right. Um, but it's starring Charlene Woodley, Eva Green, Christopher Maloney, who's been in like Law and & Order and Oz and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Set in 1988. And Charlene Woodley, who's been in like the Divergent movies, her uh, mum disappears. And then... The film then sort of follows her through life, going, where did my mum go? Mm-hmm. And a, a mystery unravels. Very simplistic film. Reminded me a little bit of The Lovely Bones, if you've seen that. Yeah. So it's kind of like, if you like that one, right. you'll probably like this one. Uh, really good cast list in it, though. Hmm. Uh, Angela Bassett's in there as well. So I White just, Bird yeah. in a blizzard. Yep. Well, I mean, you have Thomas Jane. I was looking at um, you know, Eva Green. Where was the other one? Uh, however you pronounce uh, Gaburi Sidibe. Um, so you got, you got Laura Palmer in there. Cheryl Lee. She's way down the cast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura Palmer. It is interesting how they shuffle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's all based upon popularity. And I can't remember who I was looking up the other day, who I still consider, you know, like an A-lister, and he was like number thirty, and I was like, "What the hell, man!" And these these young kids that I don't even recognize because I'm not, you know, going to see sparkly vampire movies. I don't even know who they are, but yet they're higher in ranking. So makes no sense, <laughs> none whatsoever. But do, if you manage to get a chance to check out White Bird in a Blizzard, okay, definitely film. See, this is looking like maybe over the holidays I'm going to be doing a lot of movie watching. So <laughs> that's, that's what Christmas is meant for. That's true. you don't work, you watch movies. That's right. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so over to you. Uh, you know, the next in line was Inside Out. I don't know if you saw that. It's a Pixar movie and dealing with emotions and how important uh, the uh, it's like even sadness is the counterpoint to happiness, and you have to have a connection with all these to be well balanced, uh, you know, uh, like with your uh, mental health. So, um, but I just thought it was a really cool story, and uh, the kids enjoyed it, and Michelle and I enjoyed it. So, you know, it's I I still haven't bought it, but I, I'm sure to pick that up. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Did you check that one out? I have got that downstairs as part of my sort of Christmas party oh, really? <laughs> to watch it. Every time I hear the Inside Out, it just makes me laugh. And I always think back to the American podcaster who said, I love the film. I now know what it's like to be inside a 13-year-old girl, <laughs> which was the most, probably the worst way to phrase a review right. ever. Um, I don't know if he's been podcasting since he got clue, but it just his co-host ripped him a new one for phrasing it like that. But, but he is popular uh, with the FBI now. So. He's probably popular. He's on some watch list somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's one of the films that I picked up the other week along with Pixels yeah. and Man From Uncle and stuff that cool. hopefully I will get to watch because I've heard a lot of good things about Inside yeah. Out. Very enjoyable. So what's next on? Uh, next on my list, which is a really short one because I've discussed it already, it's The Rise of the Foot Soldier Part 2. Right. Very, very tough film to watch. Very, very well made. Mm-hmm. Rescued from the, the the fires of hell by Carnaby Films uh, and written and directed by Ricky Hartnett, who I've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, just a really, really good character drama. Loved it. On my list. So, so I, will, I will check that out. I need to work it out to find out how to get a lot of these films stateside. They need to just get watched over there. Yeah. So. <laughs> because, you know, it's like there was a uh, friend of mine who I've kind of lost contact with, but he used to be able to change your IP, ad- like his IP address to be anywhere around the globe. Somehow he would do that. So it's like if you really wanted to, like, uh, watch Netflix uh, for from someplace else or whatever, you know, if, if it was out of his region, then he would just – somehow digitally put himself into that region, download whatever, watch whatever, and uh, yeah. So I need to I need to reconnect with him and see what he can work out for me so I can see some of these movies that otherwise I will miss. I may or may not know how to do that. And gotcha. I may or may not email you about that. Okay. <laughs> well, I won't look for that email that I may or may not get. So. <laughs> good, because good. I may or may not send it. So there you go. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yep. the next one on my list is Jurassic World. Um, you know, I and some people still don't want to watch it because they're so afraid that they're going to be disappointed or whatever. For God's sake, I mean, like it has it is more Spielberg in it than the second one, which was what was it, Lost World? Yeah, um, it which that one was directed by Spielberg, but I really couldn't tell it. You know, the first one was a classic. It just has so many Spielbergian moments. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And so uh, Jurassic World came out, and I think, you know, in part because they had new, bigger dinosaurs or whatever, and it's a different park, And uh, but they had really cool characters. And I think, you know, the fact that Chris Pratt was the centerpiece, and he is such a – just a cool guy. I think we all have friends that are kind of like Chris Pat, where – you know, whatever. If it's Star-Lord or whether it's – I can't remember the uh, the character that he plays uh, in uh, Jurassic uh, World, whatever his name was. But anyway, but I mean it's just somebody who's cool, who will fuck up, but yet is admirable in trying to correct said fuck up and keep on moving forward and do the deal, you know the, the right thing. And yeah, man, just uh, a fun movie. Exactly. Now, I held off watching it. I, I saw it on Blu-ray rather than DVD. Right. And I loved it. Yes, it's kind of similar to Jurassic sure. Park. So it's got dinosaurs in right. it. How different can it be? <laughs> it's in a park. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's like Jurassic Park meets Westworld. It, <laughs> sort of, you know, with like a bigger crowd, which right. was nice to see a filled park this time. Right. <laughs> um, but it was good. Yeah. It was all right. Which uh, you've seen Westworld, I'm sure. And oh, on, I love it. On Blu-ray, they actually have the pilot for the TV show. Uh, I can't remember if it's Westworld or Future World. What the, I can't remember what they called the TV show. But anyway, um, I di- have not watched that yet. But I don't even remember that there was a TV show. And I just saw Westworld uh, when I was a kid. It was one of those afternoon movies, like at 4 o'clock. Um, on a weekday, and so you know, one of those things where I, that's how I caught it back in the day. So, but yeah, I mean, I've seen Westworld and I saw the sequel, Future World. Yeah, um, and the TV show is supposed to be quite new, isn't it? I'm sure that's just oh, now the one on HBO. Yeah, that one, which I don't know how I'm going to catch that because uh, I really don't want to sign up for HBO. So, you know, I'll probably visit one of those sites that I I never visit. Right. So anyway, but. Um, there was a TV show back in, there I think, was. the 70s. Yeah. 1980, apparently. Oh, 1980? Yeah, Beyond Westworld. Yeah. Started 1980, lasted, oh, look, one season <laughs> for five episodes. Wow. Wow. Huge hit. 
it, it was huge hit. It did better than Aquaman been. when uh, they tried to get that one going, which no one's ever seen unless they bought the pilot. So, <laughs> so you've got the pilot episode, but also you've got, you've got one fifth of the series on there, oh. which is quite. Good. <laughs> You're raising the value of my Blu-ray. I appreciate that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that was one. Of, that was in the seven dollar bin at uh, Walmart, so that was an easy buy. So. <laughs> Next up for me, I'm going for the Anton Fuqua right. movie, Southpaw, yeah. which I'd mentioned before with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. I'm not a big fan of sports, but I love sports movies. I don't know why. Right. Ain't got a clue. American football movies, love them. Right. Ain't got a clue how you play that game. No idea. <laughs> baseball, kind of hit it and run. That's pretty much all I know on that one. Right. Love baseball movies. Um, <laughs> not a fan of boxing. Never been to a real-life boxing match. Right. Love Rocky. Can't wait for Creed. Southpaw was really, really good. Yeah. I don't know why, but it just was. So that's, yeah, that definitely. It's a boxing film that's not just about the boxing. It's Jake Gyllenhaal's character goes kind of off the rails. His uh, daughter gets taken into custody because he's not a fit parent because he's drinking and right. getting beaten up a lot and stuff. And he tries to turn himself around and get his daughter back. So it's just, it was a nice sort of touching. Uh, movie that's so very good so size paul very cool i was looking up um i thought the name of it was the fighter but that's the mark Wahlberg uh christian bale movie but what was the yes. one um geez that had nick nolte and uh tom hardy yeah what? warrior warrior there you go that good one film. was really good and again um the fact that it dealt with family dynamics i like movies that are more than just what they, you know, like, oh, it's a boxing movie. No, it's about the characters. It's about this family who is so broken and uh, the MMA that kind of brings them back together. And, and it it was just cool. Uh, so I look forward to seeing Southpaw. That was one of those that uh, Michelle had picked up off the shelf and said, wow, this might be pretty good. And, you know, it, it's, so we'll have to check it out. And it is, it is pretty good. Yeah. Yep. So over to you. Uh, the next one would be The Gift. Ooh, see, I've got that downstairs as well. I've not watched yeah. it yet. I picked it up a couple of days ago. That I was trying to get it watched before I finished the horror <laughs> show, but I failed miserably with time management. That was one of those that uh, Michelle and I just decided we were out anyway, so let's go see a movie. Just spur of the moment. And I was looking it up on Flickster, and uh, there was The Gift. And I was like, you know what? That trailer looked pretty good. Let's go check it out. And so um, we were just... I, I, I don't know what we were expecting, but we were blown away by it. And we were so pleased with the movie. We normally do the Ride Home podcast on the way home and talk about a movie. But I was just like, damn, we cannot in any way spoil this movie for anybody else. So I just pretty much said, go see it. And so, yeah, that one made the list. Really, really solid movie. Well, that's, I'm going to watch it without even looking it up because I, yep. I know the title. I know who's in it. Beyond that, ain't got a clue. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, well, it is nice, for, you know, to be able to find a movie that you really don't know anything about and just watch it blindly. You know, I mean, and I it, sometimes I'll read like the little blurb about it, you know, like, oh, this is a time travel movie about space aliens that play Xbox 360. You know, and so uh, you know, just to kind of see whether it's going to have sparkly vampires in it or not, and whether I need to avoid it. But yeah, I love being surprised. Nice. Uh, which ones I'm trying to work out, which ones I've not yet gone through. I, I have got remaining Fall of the Craze and Rise of the Craze. Yeah. I just read them the wrong way around. I'd mentioned it before. It's a very sort of epic-y 
shoot back to back. Something we don't do very often here in the UK due to budget reasons. We don't get that many sequels. Right. And we very rarely hear of films being shot back to back. Um, so it works together as one wonderful three hour film. The guys were cast on a Tuesday, start shooting on a Monday. That's just absolutely insane. Yeah. Playing real life characters. <laughs> it's violent when it needs to be. Uh, the guy's crazy and comes off real crazy um, in the portrayal. So I would definitely try and yeah, so check those So how did out. they do the uh, the twin scenario there? Did they just do it the way they did with Tom Hardy playing opposite Tom Hardy? Or did no, they didn't? No, they're not. I mean, if you look at the Kevin and Simon, they're not related. They look kind of different. So they haven't tried to make it sort of gimmicky mm-hmm. where, oh, we need, the focus needs to be that they look the same. <laughs> they've, not, they've gone more for the actual personalities. Oh, that's cool. Um, so one of them is quite level-headed, right. crazy when he needs to be. The other one, not job. Right. Uh, and he, he pulls it off very, very well because I've seen the Gary Kemp and the Martin Kemp craze film from years ago. And that was kind of vicious, but it sort of glamorized them. Yeah. So they were all immaculately dressed, and you kind of sympathized with them to a certain extent. In the rise in the craze, rise of craze, and follow the craze, crazy is crazy, <laughs> you know, bad is bad, right? And you you wouldn't want to bump into these guys in a bar, basically. Yeah. So they they do pull that off wonderfully. Yeah. Well, and you look at uh, Gary Oldman over the years, and how many different characters he has played, where you could probably have all those characters standing in the room and you may not know that they're all one person, you know? So I think sometimes it is overrated to try to, you know, do the elaborate, uh, you know, like Tom Hardy against Tom Hardy or, um, you know, trying to find twin. Sometimes it just doesn't matter. I mean, if you have the story there and good acting and then you just believe it, because sometimes it's more about mannerisms or, um, you know, personas and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, what have you got left on your list? Uh, should be, or you? Well, you know, I did add the gift in when I noticed that I had omitted. But uh, <laughs> anyway, but now I only have two more on my list. It's Furious Seven, which we've been over and been over, um, and Fury Road, which again we we've, we've been over and been over. But I mean, both those Furious Seven was just. I, I remember in the theater, Michelle and I just kept on laughing. It's almost like. Um, Terminator Genesis, which didn't make the list, but it was still a fun movie um, where we just laughed and laughed. I mean, it was just kind of like a fun two-hour roller coaster, however long it was. But yeah, Furious Seven, I just kept laughing um, uncontrollably throughout. You know, most of the movie, just some of the insane stuff, and um, you know, and some of the. It's like, oh, what is it? The um, the r- true trailers. I can't remember the name of the. Uh, it's a YouTube. Oh channel. yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, they did one on Furious Seven, and it is funny. Um, <laughs> you know, and really everything is spot on. I'm like, you know what? He does that, and that did happen, and that is stupid, but uh, it didn't, you know, diminish my enjoyment of the movie. So Furious Seven, and then of course Fury Road, having a Mad Max movie um, with that scope and just the, it was huge. I think the only thing that I disliked about Fury Road was at the very end where uh, the big truck with the uh, guitarist and the amps plows <laughs> into it. And then, you know, I didn't see it in 3D. 
So, and I don't think I would have appreciated it anymore if it had been in 3D. But here comes the guitar. It's like, hey, yep. my rock band. It's a fun game. And then it's coming back, and then the wheel comes over. And then I was just like, man, that just ruined it for me. Not yeah. not really. It wasn't like I said, well, fuck, I'm sorry I saw this movie because I certainly bought it, and I've watched it recently and really enjoyed it. But still, I get to the end, and I'm just kind of like cringing. And then, okay, let's finish the movie out. It's really good. So, yeah. <laughs> up up until a week ago, yeah. that was my number one film. Really? Yeah. It was, and it had been since I saw it at the cinema because I I'm a fan of the original Mad Max movies. Mm-hmm. Love them. Saw them. I saw the third one on the the big screen. Yeah. I'd seen the second ones on VHS and watched them on on DVD and TV and stuff over the years. Yeah. So to know that there was a Mad Max film coming out that didn't have Mel Gibson in, you're like, I don't know how that can work because <laughs> Mel Gibson is Martin Riggs. Yeah. Mel Gibson is Max Rokotadsky. How on earth can anybody else play Mad Max? Right. Even though quite like Tom Hardy, he ain't no Mel Gibson. Right. Um, but it worked. Yeah. It was not necessarily all about Mad Max. It was just about that world and the crazy chase yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. Amazing soundtrack. Visuals mm-hmm. I've, just, I've never seen in any film. Done practically. Yeah. Um, on the Blu-ray, there's a really good sort of gag reel that shows you just what they did in camera. Yeah. And, you, you know, the film made the list also for that reason. Just the sheer production of this film. Yeah. Um, deserves to have a film stuck on the list. <laughs> and it's just seriously entertaining. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. But then I saw Star Wars. Oh, really? And then I was still battling even a couple of hours ago going, did I prefer Mad Max to Star Wars? Right. And I've kind of got to say, yes, I did, because I've seen Star Wars twice on the big screen now. Right. I watched it on the Thursday, went back on the Saturday to watch it again. Right. Mad Max, I watched on whatever day I watched it. Absolutely loved it, but that was enough till Blu-ray. Right. So just that sheer, I need to go back and watch it again right. two days after I watched it, <laughs> sort of bumps it just in front Um I think if I was to just watch each film, like Mad Max and Star Wars Force Awakens, I may prefer Mad Max a little bit. Right. But I've got to go with the the gut feeling of I saw it twice in two days. (laughs) Therefore, there's obviously something in there that makes me think I love this movie. Yeah. Well, and going back to Mad Max, because I haven't seen Star Wars, but um, I thought it was such a cool throwback. Some of the scoring really reminded me of movies that came out during the golden age of Hollywood. Just, it was the way the music would build. And I don't know, in a way that was just so traditional for a very non-traditional movie. And then it would jump to the crazy guitarist with flowing (laughs) flames out of his uh, guitar and the big, you know, the drums and all that stuff. It was just uh, it really, really cool, and um, I agree with you about you know having so much stuff practically done. And uh, you know, the one version I would like to see is his version that was in black and white, because you can find different black and white versions online, but it's someone just slapping a black and white filter on there. And as an editor, I, there are specific ways that you could go about giving a very good black and white print that won't look odd. Um and and it won't look like you just simply made it black and white. Um, and so if you ever hear of a uh, way that I could see that, because I think that version was actually online for a while, and then um you know whoever the distributor was said nope we're gonna have to pull that down we are not interested in having that on the Blu-ray. Pro- I, I guess they want to have some 
mega version later, who knows? Uh, and I'll go buy it if they will just give me the yeah. black and white version. But I thought uh, right. that would go well, just you know, thinking about all the scenes and just a really, really cool movie. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, um, I have a movie night sort of thing going on with my friend Bob. Nice. And I generally go up to his house and take a film up that he's never seen, and he's not seen Mad Max. Really? So I'm looking forward to re-watching yeah. uh, Fury Road. He's never seen things like The Crawl. What's all that about? <laughs> so many films he's like, I've never seen that. Right? Oh, for God's sake. Is he our age? Uh, yeah. Well, he's, he's well, a few years old. He's 50. Dude. Or 49. 50 yeah. next year. Never, never seen The Crow. What's a lot about? Yeah, I don't know. Because I remember seeing The Crow in the movie theater. And yeah. um, and it wasn't just you know me reading about it in Fangoria or uh, whatever sci-fi magazine I was reading where it talked about you know what happened on the set and the death of Brandon Lee and how they had to you know work out the ending and shoot different stuff. Um, you know, but I just thought it would be kind of cool. Once again, based on a comic book, and so yeah, I remember seeing that in the movie theater. That was back before surround sound. We had like what one speaker down front. You know, it's kind of like when I saw Terminator, and you know, it was projected onto a reasonably sized screen. All it was mono mix. I mean, you know, it was what it was, man. <laughs> So what would be your highlights of the year? So I'm looking generally right across the board. Um, wow. You know, I don't know. I guess um, as far as surprises, um, TV-wise, Elementary uh, was is solid, like Sam, in second season now. Um, Ant-Man was a surprise. Um, I went because I'm a big comic book fan and I, you know, and I think Michelle was actually more excited about seeing the movie than I was. And, uh, a couple of the kids had gone to see it and said, Hey, it's really good. You will like this. So we went to see that, but that was a pleasant surprise on Blu-ray. We didn't go see Poltergeist in the movie theater, the remake. Ugh. It, yeah, you didn't miss much. <laughs> but we saw it on Blu-ray, and I guess because that was my mindset, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this because it's free, you know? Yeah. And um, and it wasn't as bad as I was assuming it would be. It's not the original by any means. Um, but it was at least not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, so that's, that's a good thing. That should be on the poster, actually. That's not right. as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> So that would be my review. It's kind of like getting a grilled cheese sandwich and going, you know what? This really isn't bad, and it satisfied my hunger. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> um, wow, man. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just been such a good year for movies and TV. Um, you know, like when we first started Waxing Cinematic, it was all about the movies. And as TVs uh, like TV shows grew to you know like um, in scope and you know like when the Flash, Agents of Shield, and Arrow when they became as good as movies, then you kind of have to expand it all. So I mean, it's just been a really solid year of entertainment. It has. Yeah, I mean, I on average watch maybe three hundred, three hundred fifty films a year. This wow. year, I have seen. Nowhere near that. I think I've seen 209 or something. Uh, 200, yeah, 209 films I've seen, right. which is still quite a lot, yeah. but it's t- TV has gobbled up. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like Bosch, 10, out, you know, right. 10 hours of TV. <laughs> Mr. Robot, right. 10 hours. So there's like another 10 films I could have watched. Yeah. So it has been an absolutely amazing year. <laughs> for just entertainment all around. Oh yeah, I think. Now you know the one so. thing we didn't touch on that you had put into the email, or maybe it was online. Uh, best book. Yes. What'd you read that impressed you? I I've only read a couple this year. I read. I don't. 
I like reading, yeah. but when it comes to me having free time, I generally watch more films or watch more TV. Right. Um, the best book I've read this year is The World According to Danny Dyer. Yeah. Which is really, really good. And if I like these books that are written by people. When you read it, it's as if they're reading it out to you. Right. So it's not as if they've written it. It's like the voice in your head type thing. And it's just his thoughts on everything. It's his thoughts on terrorism, immigration, <laughs> right. the film world, parenthood, growing up, all sorts. And it's I generally will spend three, four months reading a book because I'll read a paragraph here and a paragraph right. there. This one I've gone through in about a month, um, which is quite good. So that's that's my favorite one. I mean, Danny Dyer is a very popular actor over here. He's gone from people not liking him to taking a part in a TV soap opera and people love him. So it's great to see him <laughs> tur- turn his career around right. and be mega popular again. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and the other book I read was one all about the Brat Pack. Yeah. So it was all about the John Hughes, the Cameron Crowes, and you know the, the 80s sort of rise of the, the Emilio Estevez movies and all that sort of right. stuff, which was pretty good. Hmm. So, but uh, the Danny Dyer book gets my vote. What about yourself, big Uh, reader? You know, uh, in the past, I've read a lot more, and I used to – I think the digital books have – and granted, the the Kindle has come a long way to – Make you know, giving you the ability to put a uh, bookmark in, and because my favorite way to read, I have two bookmarks. One is where I currently am, and I'll flip through just watching the corners, and and put a bookmark at the end of the current chapter, and I will try to binge read through that bookmark, and then I'll go ahead and set it up for the next time I have uh, you know time to sit down and read. And so there was just something about the feel of uh, a paperback in my hand versus the digital version but i mean digital i mean hell i can you know you've given me a book that i'm going to check out you know like the world according to danny dreyer and so i will get it within seconds you know what i mean so it that convenience is really nice but on the other hand um yesterday i bought the uh v for vendetta the uh graphic novel so i'm looking forward to reading it um and let's see here. There's another one called Guns of the South, which is a time travel movie. I mean, I'm sorry, time travel novel um, that's based on the Civil War in the United States and someone traveling back in time with fully automatic weapons um, to help the South win the war for whatever reason. So that kind of time travel kind of thing intrigues me. It's written by an historian, so evidently a lot of what is in there is detail. But what have I read this year? Uh, I read Gone Girl, which was good, and then I read the Civil War series, uh, Marvel Civil War, just so I'm ready for uh, uh, the next um, Captain America movie. Yeah. So it's kind of sad that at the top of my best book list is a comic <laughs> book series. So, <laughs> oh, that's just how things change. That's right. isn't it? So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, but it's just there's not enough time in the week, in the month, in the year, to yeah. try and get through everything we need to get through. Yeah. Um, well, my daughter so, uh, reads books in, the, in a very wise way in that she'll get the audio book and download it onto her iPhone, and then when she's traveling um, or cleaning the house or whatever, wherever she is, she can you know go for walks or at the gym, and she's listening to, you know most of the time, it's the author reading the book. And uh, so she's much uh, more well-read than I am. But, um, 
you know, I just prefer to, you know, sit down with it and actually read it. But yeah, just if something will grab my attention, I still remember probably one of my favorite books was Jurassic Park. And I read that probably within a 24 hour period. I could not lay it down. And I remember it was over like a Christmas holiday. And it was like, you know, we were staying with relatives. So the only place that I could read was sitting on the edge of the bathtub. Because everybody else, I mean, like even the living room, every, there are kids everywhere, and everybody was asleep. And yeah, it was like, I don't know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, fuck, i got to get up at 7 in the morning to do more Christmas stuff. So, you know, I had to stop. But yeah, that just, I love books that will grab me like that. And in my head, I'm actually watching the movie, which then, of course, uh, you know, penalizes the, the uh, movie when it actually comes out. Because I'm like, damn, I've already seen it, and it's not nearly as good as what was in my head without a budget. So <laughs> no budget. I, re- I uh, recently picked up uh, the autobiography of Burt Reynolds. I'm looking forward oh. to reading that one. That will hopefully be I've heard that's good. great, man. Yeah. So <laughs> I picked that one up. I pick everything up on hardback. I do have a Kindle Fire tablet. Right. I prefer, you know, that's capable of watching Netflix. So right. you know, why, why would I read a book on a Kindle? <laughs> um, so I tend to pick up the actual Book. Yeah, so that'll probably be one of my next ones. I think that's stuff. I think probably for my birthday, I'm going to ask for one of the new Kindles, which is the was it Paperwhite or whatever, where you yeah. can't watch movies on it, but it's really good for reading books. And so I'm going to see if that keeps me on track a little bit better because I'm with you. I mean, like you know, whatever I'm on, whether it's the iPad or the Kindle, um, you know, I could be reading along and it's like, oh wait, I wonder if they have a new episode of Arrow. Oh, they do. I'm going to watch this or Grimm or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> I get. This. Exactly. I get no. distracted, man. <laughs> I would recommend the, recommend the Kindle Paperwhite. So I picked one of those up for Annette a few weeks back and upgraded it from the previous Kindle that she had, and it's yeah. a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and I miss the uh, the long battery life too, because I had one of the original Kindles that I got back when I was doing a lot of screenwriting and screenplay reading, and um, it was just easier instead of printing out 130 pages to read or whatever. Um, I would just you know push it over onto the Kindle and then I'd read it and. Man, it would be like I'd charge it maybe once a month because the ink is so smart, you know, and there's not pixels that are constantly updated. It's just simply here's your page and it's going to stay there as long as um, you want it to until you go on to the next one. But that's cool, man. How is the battery life? Battery life so far, very, very good. Yeah. I'd say it's, it's hefty battery life. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. And size-wise, they're not all that huge. Is that... Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. No, they're small. You could probably fit it in a pocket easy enough yeah. rather than, you know, big chunky tablets that people have nowadays that you have to fit <laughs> in a suitcase. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's the weird sort of week when... You think, well, this is the end of your podcast. Yeah, and then yeah. I have a week where I don't have to do any more podcasts. Right. It feels really strange. Yeah. And then the, the <laughs> next one you do, it's, so what did you do at Christmas type thing? Right. Yeah. Well, because, um, shoot, man, uh, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and then the following day, Christmas Day. And then Monday, Jake and I do plan on getting together and doing a uh, podcast and streaming and all that. And so nice. if you can join us, that would be rock you can be a guest on the show or you can just uh you know tune in via stream type us some questions or whatever but uh but we do plan on getting together so i do need to work out how to get involved in that with this whole weird stream with a dot thing right uh, so i need to play around with that i think so yeah yep definitely yeah but yeah i'm um, with you man i mean like the new year will be here before we know it it will 
you know, news resolutions, new plans, new projects, etc., etc., etc. That's it. <laughs> It'll be fun. But I'd like to thank you for doing all these podcasts as well this year. It's been fun. Dude, I do enjoy doing it. I still remember you uh, posting on Facebook, hey, I'd kind of like a, another host to do some movie talk or whatever. And I was like, fuck yeah, man, count me in. So, definitely. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, I responded. I'm like, hell, you know, not to be, not to be trying to bogart in front of everybody else, but <laughs> hell yeah, man. This is. Hell yes. <laughs> yep. As Bruce Wayne would say, yes, count me in, please. As Batman would say, yes. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Which, you know, it's funny, and then I'll, I'll quit rambling, because I know you've probably tried to end this 15 times. No, not I, at all. I keep, you know, steering you back into the, uh, you know, we're going to go around, hey, look, kids, Big Ben, you know, around that little circle. But um, just just when I think I've got out, he pulls me back that's, in. Yeah. <laughs> it. But it was funny in that uh, my both my younger daughters have uh, watched the Superman, I mean, Batman versus Superman trailer. And both of them said that Superman is trying too hard with those big glasses. And I'm yep. like, well, they are kind of 80s big, like maybe some female movie star would be wearing them so maybe they have a point but i don't know why that came to mind but it did it was just you know and plus uh abby prefers the brandon ralph uh batman uh, oh, ralph, wow yeah, however you pronounce his last name yeah. i mean not batman but superman sorry man i'm trying to i'm trying to stay on track getting up towards that exit for you but uh anyway but yeah it's just it's funny how people will identify with one you know because a lot of people still love the christopher reeve and yeah. um yeah, you know, versus the the latest guy who looks really more like Superman than anybody else has. So, he does, but he yeah. does have some big fucking glasses. So I I hand it to the, the girls. 80s, yeah, nineteen eighties colds, and they want they want the glasses. That's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> definitely, but um, I will definitely check out your waxing cinematic episodes. Uh, do get some more done because um, you know I need some more to listen to. I will, man. In fact, yeah. you know what? I think before I do anything else today, I will go ahead and edit the two from last week and push them on and uh, for everybody to enjoy over the holidays. Fantastic. And enjoy them, we will. Hopefully. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure we will. I hope so. You know, it is what it is, man. <laughs> exactly. But um, best regards to you and your family well, thank you. over the Christmas holidays and Same whatnot. Have a, have a great one. Good luck at watching Star Wars. Yeah, looking forward to it. And then, so, I don't know, maybe the next time you and I get together, um, we can discuss a little Star Wars without spoilers. Yeah. We can indeed. I look forward to it, getting your take on the movie. Yeah. yeah but it's very, very good. But thanks for sharing all your re- recommendations and stuff. I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I need to track down and watch now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same thing here. <laughs> Definitely. Right. And uh, that wraps out episode 306. Nice. Of mine. Wow. That works. Scary. <laughs> and uh, I shall chat to you on 300 and something, whatever the number next one is when... Uh, you and I get back together. All right. Again. Sounds great, man. Happy holidays, and I'll look forward to catching up with you next time. Thank you very much, John. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.